0: If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews.
1: This was a little fun switch up for us. We uh, had our, our boy Craig down in the studio, and so we got a chance to sit down and catch up with him. It's always a pleasure. It's
2: fun, dude. What do you, so, what do you stop, Justin? What, dude? God, you know who gave him the peanut butter skinny dip? I'm glad. I'm glad that you called. You guys him didn't up. let me get
3: any lunch today.
2: You know that, right? <laughs> well,
3: first of all, hey, you had it, we had a bad stomach earlier. What's the sign <laughs> I <did>. what, what's,
1: <laughs> a, what's the sign there? What are we trying to send you? Send you a message over here again? Yeah. yeah, I'm yeah. Fucking Sal, not feeding you. Yeah. So you uh, mm. have okay. you now. Speaking of skinny dips, have you guys had? I'll back away. Have you have you guys had the new pumpkin spice flavor? Oh There's my just- God. Dude, so, they're so good. Yes. So I got to tell the audience so they know, because I know we have our, our coupon code with them, but the two new flavors, one of them I think is Cran something, which is really good too, and the pumpkin spice, which is addicting as shit. Those you it's have cran to- Cran yogurt. Those like you that. can only get into Target. Orange um, cranberry. Oh, that was Greek yogurt, orange cranberry is yeah, the other one. So those you can get at Target, you can't get those online. So if you want to get them before uh, they re- release online, you have to go in Target to buy them. Um, unfortunately, you don't get the mind pump hookup. Although you could probably try and harass the target kid that's uh, scanning them, <laughs> and say, and see if you Please can get do the... that. Yeah. Tell us
2: we sent you. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, and, and the ones Justin, are, of course, always eating is Dude, the, the peanut, peanut bar one. chocolate. I mean, it doesn't Dude. get better than oh that. Oh my but god! But anyways, so uh, in this episode of Mind Pump, yeah, I uh, got was a seventy minute uh, intro, but that's because we had our buddy Craig here, uh, who's uh, actually one of the original members of the Mind Pump gang. Uh, So we talked to him Mm -hmm. about um, fatherhood. He's actually a dad. He's got a beautiful... Uh, young little daughter, and uh, it's pretty cool to hear this. He uh, sounds a lot like a father now. Yeah, he does. It's great. It's great to hear you that know, transition. Uh, much
1: wiser, right? Just in three years, uh, so, so much wisdom coming <laughs> from <the laughs> lot, lots of wisdom <laughs> yeah, exuding from his yeah,
2: Thor-like body. His <laughs> hair grew back, too, yeah. by the way. He had yeah, it kind yeah, right. of short for a second, yeah, he's got yeah, nice, yeah. long, luxurious hair. Yeah, right, right. Say luxurious, Adam.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Lux- luxurious. <laughs> you did it. Yeah. You did it. Uh,
2: we talk about Craig's early days in Mind Pump. Uh, we talk about his training. Uh, he is an animal. Talk about his company, Metron. His other company, Rockbox. Um, and then we talked about he actually flipped it on us and started interviewing us a little bit. And he started talking to us about our favorite interviews. Of course, we did talk about Skinny Dipped uh, just recently. If you go to skinnydipped.com and enter the code mind pump, you get twenty percent off. Also in the episode, we mentioned Organifi supplements. I was talking to Craig about his transition from eating regular grain fed beef and fish from the, you know, the, the farm stuff to organic stuff. So I was kind of poking at him a little bit, but then I mentioned organic supplements. Organifi does make organic supplements. If you go to Organifi.com forward slash MindPump, enter the code MindPump, you'll get 20% off. Then we finally get into the questions. The first question was, what is the best and most efficient way to reset your central nervous system? I bet you didn't know you could reset it. There's a special yeah. way to do it, or can you? <laughs> exactly. You can control delete. Yep. Uh, the next question was: uh, Is there any benefit to hypertrophy training while dieting? In other words, you're eating in a deficit. Should you still try to build muscle? I didn't know there was any other option. Yeah. The next question was: uh, Are we ever going to come out with a mind pump personal trainer network? Uh, it's it's you know personal trainers worth their weight in gold. Uh, good personal trainers? Are we ever going to come out with a way to vet them for you so you know who you're hiring, knows what they're talking Don't
1: about? Don't start with Justin. Then I got to listen to this app bullshit again. <laughs> Stop it.
2: <laughs> and the final question, uh, do we ever wonder if we're swinging out of our league when it comes to our partners? <laughs> Find out if Sal is. I feel like I feel like this guy went on Jessica's Instagram. Was like, I know. I think that's this, who he's referring yeah, to on how how this question. How did this eight
1: get this dime? Uh, uh, how the hell did this happen? <laughs> 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 yep. It's uh, probably because one leg. Good is, thing you're a confident son of a. It's bitch. probably because one leg yeah. is longer than the other. Two. I think she was actually trying to get Does to me, and she joke? found out I had Katrina, so that's, it just didn't uh, work that's out. Probably,
2: <laughs> probably not what happened. Uh, that's, that's also, me. Also, also, it's October. That can only mean two things. Number one, Halloween. Yeah. Good times. Wear nice costumes. Number two, probably the biggest promotion uh, we've run all year. People have been asking us now for about twelve months. If MAPS Aesthetic is ever going to go on sale, well, you guys have broke our ball so much that we said yes, yeah. it's 50% off. Half. That's so we right. Do, We're just not
1: going to pay Justin this month. <laughs> that's it. Hey, uh, so you know,
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'll take one for the team, everybody. <laughs> Taking food out of his children's mouth. Yeah, uh, thanks. It's thanks, half heads. off. The price is half off. Here's what you do. Go to mapsblack.com and use the code BLACK50. That's B-L-A-C-K and the number 50, no space, and you'll get 50% off. Also, uh, if you're interested in other MAPS programs, let's say you're not as advanced uh, as the requirement for MAPS Aesthetic because it is a more advanced program, you can do something like MAPS Anabolic or if you're an athlete, MAPS Performance, or if you want long-term strategy like a year of exercise programming, you could do our super bundle. You can find all of our bundles and all of our MAPS programs at mapsfitnessproducts.com. And again, just to remind you, again, just in case you fast forward the last part, Maps Aesthetic, 50% off mapsblack.com. Don't forget, Sal,
1: too, what we're doing for the reviews now. We have the iTunes reviews. We've been giving out free T-shirts forever for you guys. So what we're going to do now is if you guys go over to the Facebook page, so Mind Pump, Leave a review over there, and then you guys are. We're inter- going to prioritize it. In fact, yeah, that's right. We're going to so, pay a
3: real good attention to, to those reviews.
1: So, Facebook fan page, it's Mind Pump. Go over there, leave a five star review, and enter in to win a free T shirt.
2: These shirts, by the way, made with real rubies. Nobody real believes this. Rubies? Yeah. yeah. Uh, just kidding. They're Doesn't just, work. No. Anymore. They're regular yeah, T shirts. They're more valuable though than those types of things. That's right. If you say so. Testing oh. one too. Oh, there oh uh, Ramp.
1: There's that handsome voice. How, did that. That, how
2: does someone have a handsome voice? Because it, it's like thunderous. Yes.
1: <laughs> Thank you. It is thunderous. Are, Hello from the clouds. Do you
2: guys remember that cartoon when we were kids with the, the, like the cave people, but it was a weird future and he had dinosaurs and one of them shot like fireballs out of his horn and there was another one that flew that shot like electricity and the dude's name was Thundar. What, do you guys remember you that? No. Was it the one
3: where he would like have, he had his like... Like, um, whatever the fuck that thing's called, the thing where he beats people up with it. I don't
2: know, Doug. If you can. They flew with just it? Just Google Thundar, T H U N D A R, and then put cartoon, and then there, it'll pop up. Is it a comic get, or a cartoon? It was a fucking a cartoon. Girl, or what? And it was such yeah. a good
1: cartoon. He's 45. Yeah.
2: It's, basic, <laughs> it's basically Craig. If, you, <laughs> if, he was, if he was a cartoon, All he'd be right. Thundar the Barbarian. That's what it was called, Thundar the Barbarian. Let's um. see. Let's see.
4: Yeah! Oh, no. Fucking
2: oh, Thunder the Barbarian! How bro, do I remember this shit? That is a that's weird That's so random. That's not even a popular
1: one. Yes, it was. Was it? Bro, he was it's like a He Man remake.
2: Bro, yeah, he it was in the like mix. Like, it looks
1: like the knockoff. Hey, with the kids that couldn't afford the real the yeah. normal channels. You're eating that with your fruitios. Yeah. It was, <laughs> it was like a local Spot. channel. Or <laughs> was this yeah. before yeah. He Man?
2: No, uh, no, no. I don't think so. Maybe. Actually, Maybe that's, that's, that's a good where question. They got the point. It might be. I was watching this while eating my, it's the, marsh, it's my totally marshmallow mateys. It's the total
1: It's the total poor version, dude. Look Bro. at him.
2: He's like the he's like, hey, right shitty. He's animation. like the he man without steroids. First of all, look. Yeah. First of yeah. all, look carefully. He has one cut. Tell me his arm. Tell me right now if you were ten, you wouldn't be like all over that shit right there. He's got like an electric sword. Yeah. His friend is a lion faced buff dude. Yeah. And then there's a hot chick that's his like sidekick. Yeah. That's like everything you ever wanted. Doug, can you
4: kind see the who came team. first? This yeah, or he, man? Yeah, I'm curious. Yeah,
2: Thundar the Barber.
1: <clears throat> Craig! So, yeah, man. So why he's looking that up.
2: Yeah. Welcome back. Hey, what's that song, Justin? Is there a welcome back song? <sighs> no. Did I just make something <laughs> up again? that was horrible. God
4: damn it. Yeah. Sorry. I was going to back you up. Anyway, but... welcome
2: back, Craig. How you yeah. doing, buddy?
4: A lot going on. Things are good, man. Things, why are you visiting life, life the? Good. Why are you visiting San Jose? What's what's yeah. happening? In the uh, the D ten is the decathlon. It's a charity fundraiser for Poetic, which is a pediatric cancer research. And oh so shit! I've been with those guys since my Wall Street days. I competed in the beginning as a as one of the decathletes, and uh, I complained so much early on because the. The judging was a little skeptical. It was like, you know, reps weren't reps. They were kind of like half reps, and judging was a little loose. And I and I made such a stink, and I became someone, obviously, in the fitness world that I had some credibility. And so they turned me into a judge. And so I, I, I could just
1: see him being an asshole. <laughs> you know, saying like hella pissed yeah. off. I should have fucking won Five that. More. I did real pushups. That yeah.
4: motherfucker was cheating. Exactly, yeah, probably verbatim. <laughs>
2: <but>. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the owner was like, oh, "Well, I can't give in because my staff's going mean, to see. What can I do? Oh I know. Hey, do you want to be a judge? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll a judge. we got something for you. So yeah. when's that? Ha- when's going? When's that happening? It's is that this Saturday weekend?
4: at? Um, I should have the information, but it's in it's in, actually in Oakland this year. Last year was at one of the colleges, and we last year. Remember when we had the uh, the, the fire up in uh, North uh, North Bay, right? Yeah. The, um, we came in last year for that, and they actually canceled it because of the the air pollution. Oh wow! And so last year's event got canceled. So what are the
2: events like, in this? You said it's a decathlon, so it's 10, 10 yep, events. So
4: it starts off with a four hundred meter run. And then you do, I uh, believe it's a football toss. It's like a, one of the junior peewee tosses. So you, you, people are hawking this thing, you know, like I think the the top is like 75 yards. Okay. Um, you then, know what that looks like, right, Sal? Yeah.
0: Okay.
2: <laughs> it's kind <laughs> of like a football, but longer. oblong <laughs> kind of ball. Smaller.
4: And then uh, I believe it's pull-ups. And then it goes to um, broad jump. I, I forget the order, but broad jump. There's a, a 40-meter dash. There's a row, 500-meter row. There's a vertical jump. uh, uh Shuttle, uh, fifteen yard shuttle or five, five ten, tw- tw- 20 yard shuttle, uh, eight hundred meter at the end. Bench press for one seventy five for max reps, and if maybe that's ten, I'm not sure if I'm missing. One
2: Dude, this team. sounds pretty cool.
4: So it's it's like a decathlon meets the combine kind of kind of event, and so, you
2: get points like first place for each event gets so many points. Yeah, second it's, place it's, type it's, of deal. Yeah, kind of. There's a hmm.
4: and if you beat some of the records, then you get like bonus points and different things. But some of these athletes, I mean, they're legit. Like some of these running you know, events, you're getting like old college runners or even, even some Olympians, actually some ex Olympians mm-hmm. had come in here and ran. So some of these event records are like serious. And you're
2: coming out just for that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. I toured you, man. with
4: them for the last three to four years. Um, when I, you know, was judging with them before that I was just doing the wall street ones because oh, awesome. I was an athlete. How and, many, man. how many total events do they do in a year? Uh, I think they are four or five. They oh. had, they had a, a Boston one last year. They got a, I don't think they did that one this year, but they're in Chicago, Houston, san francisco new york city now do you try and make all of them or do you only what usually i go to the ones that they you know i have done all of them before um you know sometimes they'll stack different um events where there's a lot of people and then they'll usually bring me in if it's just a small event then they won't bring Mm -hmm.
2: me in bro i I gotta i gotta tell you bro Not to change subjects but uh, you know i go on your instagram sometimes just to see you know what you're up to and stuff man i love seeing you as a father that's mm-hmm. freaking rad, dude. Mm-hmm. What's it like? How how do you feel? How do you hold you? she's d- adorable. She's melting you, huh? Yeah, you're yeah. you're basically. Yeah. Fu- I know mean, you're fucked. You know that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're <laughs> totally screwed. I mean, she's, she's really young sweetheart. now, but you're like a good fifteen years away from all your hair falling out, and you're gonna have to, you know, console with me. I mean, you're gonna have to like cry on each other's shoulder. <laughs> But uh, what's that light? How old is she, first of all, now?
4: She's three. She just turned three.
2: Are you doing the terrible threes now? She, she's really oh, build... she got
4: a little attitude now. Um, <laughs> she, yeah. she graduated from bobblehead stage. That's what I always call it. Like, oh. you know, around one, one and a half. <laughs> <laughs> she was a bobblehead up until that she's point.
3: Always imbalanced. And so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Big old head. <laughs> <laughs>
4: and so now she's got this crazy little personality, but she's cool. She just learns new things every day. And we don't know where she gets some of these things from. Um, you know, obviously I swear like a trucker. And so she's picked that up already. I don't know how she knew it was bad, but my, my wife caught her and she, I think she's like fuck shit or something like that. And, <laughs> oh, no. and I, I was probably talking to my partner online. Cause you know, we get some in heated discussions and you know, I probably just yelling from my office. So she hears it. And, uh, somehow she said it and my wife was like, What'd you say? <laughs> and she goes, nothing, nothing, never mind. Like new to like keep it quiet. Like, where did you even know to keep that quiet? <laughs>
1: Isn't that see, it's I have a story uh, along those lines that's hilarious to me. My little sister, so I remember like when we figured out she was starting to pick up on swear words, so really careful if someone was gonna swear on it, so we spell out the swear words. Mm-hmm. And she would start to pick up on that, but then she would say this. So when she would get frustrated or angry as a kid, she would say PSRT. And she would always say PSRT, but that was her trying to spell oh, a, a frustrating cuss word. Like she, it's crazy she to me. Know. Yeah, she didn't know, but she knew enough that when you get angry or frustrated- You, 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 you throw th- letters out. Yeah, you throw out. <laughs> letters out. And they were always the same letters, PSRT, right? That was what Dude, she said. It was so, my, so funny. My son, That's when funny. my
2: daughter was born, because they're about four years apart, right? So when she was born- You know, we brought her home from the hospital, and my son is just, he's in awe. And to this day, he absolutely adores his little sister. He's the best big brother of all time. But first day he saw her, he just couldn't take his eyes off her. And he looks at me, and he's like, Papa, can can I hold her? And I said, yeah, of course you can hold your sister. And I give him his little baby sister, and he's holding her, and he's looking at her. And he looks up at us, and he goes, she's so sexy and we're like what <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, oh. I said what what did you say and he goes she's sexy and I said do you know what that means and he goes it means she's cute he must have heard me say it to his mom or something um, you know? Yeah, <laughs> that's but, hilarious <laughs> to, bro I bring that up now my son's not 13 right it's like uh, the fucking he's like he hates it like don't tell me I bet it gets hell
1: embarrassed. embarrassing oh he gets so wow. he goes, dude wow. look at Doug put it up there Thundar was 1980 He-Man 19 that means they fucking stole Whoa. that oh. what it, what it means,
2: mind blown. What it means is I was watching the original, so fuck everybody. It means, <laughs> means you're the oldest here. Wow. And it is what Shit. that means. I Just, watching... No,
1: think of that. I mean, how how shitty is that if you're Thundar? Someone came out and did it better <laughs> three years later. I mean, <laughs> literally, Rip. Doesn't it not look exactly my like space, what they space were space missing place.
2: was yeah, a right? Skeletor. Yeah,
4: that's what they were missing.
2: So, does your daughter have any of your traits? Like, do you argue with her, and does she like argue back at you? And and like,
4: she is a clone of me and my wife. We're both we. Our family, it's not about holding things in. It's like you get it out, you blow it off, and then you go to bed. You know what I mean? It's like there's, yeah. no, there's no going to bed mad. You have your argument, and you get that thing out. Yeah. So she will do it as well. And then when we yell at our dogs, she picks that up too. So now she's demanding of people like because I'm like, dogs, get in here. You know what yeah. I mean? And now she'll do it. She'll come right behind me. Muggsy Mikey, get in here now. Yeah. So like, <laughs> it's, it's just hilarious to hear her be demanding. Absolutely. But it's like she's the politest little mean person sometimes. Because like, she'll, she'll say please and thank you like, like like it's ritual, you know. But she's awesome. She's, she's,
2: great. Does she like watching you work out? Because I see some of your videos where you're doing your training, and she's in the background, and she seems like she's genuinely interested in what you're doing, which I think is cool. Because I mean, she'll pick up on it, you know. Yeah,
4: she does. She um, you know, she knows when I'm out in the gym because I have the garage gym, and she's like, "Daddy's going up and down, up and down." So she'll say, "That's my wife," and she sees what's going on. <laughs> she picked up this like ten pound dumbbell in the bedroom, in the, in the room, something. like a, one of those little pink ones that my wife has for somewhere and she picked it up and she's throwing it up and she'll smash it on the ground i'm like easy but she's getting involved <laughs> is she strong it. yes and no i think i mean I, it's I, hard to tell i don't, tell know, if I don't know what's age, relative right? but yeah. she's timid she was very timid actually up until up until about three then she's got this cool little friend that you know helped her like break the ice and some things like for example last uh last summer we were trying to get her on the swing at the swing set and she was just like she just had big problem with it but now She saw this this kid go, and she I saw a picture of my wife and her at the uh, park the other day, and they're swinging like crazy, big big smile. And so I brought her, and she was like, "Can I go on the swing?" And I was like, "I was so mad that she wouldn't do it last year." I'm like pushing her, "Come on, let's go." And this year now she's like, "Go faster!" So you know I'm I'm liking her seat, getting out of her show.
2: Well, that's gonna be funny when she starts dating, and the the poor dude's gonna knock on your door, (coughs) and Craig answers. You guys imagine imagine
1: that? She's like, "You
4: know, I must have the wrong
3: house. Yeah, Yeah. 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 poor guy. Oh, those traps."
1: So you've got you got. D10 going on, you've got Live Life going on, you've got Metron going on, you've got Bodybuilding.com going on, you've got Cellucor going on. Fucking hey, bro. Yeah.
4: There's one more, but Bodybuilding's Bodybuilding.com is gone.
2: Oh, I didn't
1: I, know that. Yeah. as so of when
4: at the beginning of the year, they you know sent the contract out, and I just uh, I I wasn't feeling it.
2: Not right. not interested. Well, they do we, we we just looked up their stats, and they're been on a pl- nose dive, plummeting for about- in terms of like how many visits, and right. probably because I mean Amazon is probably killing them with the supplements. Yeah, and there's I, so
4: much. I'll speak freely. I mean, I don't really have a relationship with them anymore. Um, you know, obviously they're a distributor for Sevicor who's a, a product, a sponsor of mine, in Salvation. Um, but I, I do believe it's, you know, I could just tell you it's an Amazon, Amazon, is hurting their retail sales, you know, but bodybuilding.com was smart at some point back in the day. They had a, a f- uh, model that came in and said, we're going to do our media content separately from our retail content. And so they have a, a group called we motivate, which runs all their media content. Mm. So bodybuilding.com is a great media resource. You know, there's plenty of free programs and different training, but now they got the all access model, which completely, completely, um, was a a clone of Metron, you know, Metron Mm -hmm. early. But one thing that we'll discuss in a moment, Metron's not facing that anymore. Metron is now just a software platform for coaches. Okay. Well,
1: before you get into that, explain more of the body, get a little bit deeper into what do you mean by that for the bodybuilding.com and then you can go into Metron.
4: Well, they, I mean, for example, I put out uh, multiple trainers on the website and the whole idea was it was going to be a free resource for people to go ahead and, you know, get information and access to. And so the supplement companies, as well as the authors like myself, you know, did this for them. You know, we didn't get paid for it. I mean, the, the company, Cellucor, uh, paid for their advertising for, so that they could put a program out and obviously put their supplements in there. And that's how they that's how they get attraction and, you know, sell their products, right? And so that was good traffic back to my, my back to my site, back to me as a coach and an author and just good impressions for me. Now they closed it and put it behind this firewall called All Access. And so now they're charging for all those programs. So they got like 50 plus programs that you can get access to that were once free. But so you did that and for so, free. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, good. yeah.
2: That's kind
1: of now, how how much is that? I mean, because I would assume that early on when you first started, that was probably a good portion of your traffic was yeah. probably coming. Yes, I, mean, right. I mean, that's the first time I'd seen you was on bodybuilding.com. Yeah. So how how has that affected your business? And have you had to
4: do different things to
1: drive traffic?
4: Well, I mean- Yes, it's definitely affected my business. I've seen actually my social engagement go down plenty, just probably, I don't know if it's specifically because of it or just because I'm posting different things now. I certainly saw when I announced that I was kind of doing some CrossFit stuff. Yeah, I had like a mass exodus of fans and different things and that's fine. Hmm. But um, I haven't really positioned myself in the last year or so as like more of a fitness person. I got programs. I kind of just leave them out there and, you know, whoever comes and finds me because of my content that's already living in, in internet land. You know, there's something that they can go by. I am repositioning myself and will emerge more as that fitness person and kind of package mm-hmm. myself a little bit more with this new thing that's going on with Metron. But um yeah, it, it's it's definitely hurt. You know, a it, lot it of definitely hurt.
2: A lot of people because you know we're, we're our show is constantly growing. And the last time we had you on, has it been a year? Has it been about a year or less that, that we've had I think you on so. the show? <laughs> yeah, about a up. year. A lot of people don't know that when we originally uh, started Mind Pump. Um, you were one of the, uh, the other hosts. There was actually four hosts. So obviously, if you listen to our show now, you got me, Adam, and, and Justin on. But when we first started Mind Pump originally, it was, uh, it was with Craig as well. So we started like that and then, but we never aired any of those uh, original episodes and uh, maybe we will one day, we'll use this blackmail or something like that. But <laughs> <laughs> but a lot of people don't know because we never really went through and talked about why it, it transitioned, why it changed from there. I don't know if you, you, you want to talk about what happened at that time or? Sure. Um,
4: well, if you're uh, an OG Mind Pump listener, you probably saw the transition of these guys. I mean, they keep it pretty straight, you know. I, I can't say I listen to all their latest shows. They these guys put out content left and right, and I just don't have the time to do so with uh, my schedule. But they they've been. I like listening to the Joe. It's, it's the show. It's very enjoyable. But early on, we were very like Howard Stern meets uh, you know the podcast world and mm-hmm. fitness world. And so originally, I thought that the content that we were putting out was a little bit racy. Um, it was too it was too much for what I think I was trying to accomplish at the time. Um, I was doing interviews with a lot of VCs. I was trying to get funding for my company, and I kind of had thought that you know it might position me personally in a bad way. Um, you know, while I was trying to go raise money, raise seed funds, and different things for Metron. So that was one issue. Um, I, I kind of thought four was a crowd. You know, when it when it came down to it, because if we started, it was just us four having conversations, and then you bring another fifth or sixth person on, it's really hard to get you know a word mm-hmm. in sometimes. And mm-hmm. I think we were all fighting for airtime and trying to find our own personalities in the beginning too. So. Um, you know, I'll, I'll admit that, you know, I just felt myself, I was like, man, am I, am I going to be positioned correctly on the show? And it could have been my own insecurities or maybe just other things that I had priority with. Um, these guys also have, you know, fitness information products. Um, you know, they're, they're releasing great products and different things. And I also had mine. I don't think that that was ever the issue. Uh, there would have been obviously a merge at some point and I would have contributed to the process mm. as well. I think we all have you know, great things that we offer. Some of us have strengths in different places.
2: Now, back then, you you had the largest, uh, out of all of us, you had the largest social media following. Um, I didn't have one at all. I don't even think I had an Instagram when we first started. Um, and you had, so you had that and you were the only sponsored. Um, you were sponsored. You were sponsored yeah. at the time by I think it was Cellucor and com at the time. Um, and I mean, rightly, I mean, a lot of people might not know this. If you go back and listen to our old episodes, first of all, they're terrible. But we were, really raw like we would say and talk about anything and probably a little bit of fear right like oh my are my sponsor's gonna drop i thought me? i had,
4: I thought I had the, lo- the most to lose for sure yeah. um you know i have a good contract with Sauicor. Oh, you they, they did you definitely well. did
1: there's not you think you did yeah. I mean, yeah. you definitely were
4: we weren't tied to anything we all had different businesses right. that had nothing to do so <laughs> i mean one of the one of the shows was uh talking about uh this guy's taint, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sparkly, sparkly taints. Right. Yeah, Cause Adam,
2: Adam's got a clean one. Um, <laughs> still, and, still burned in my head. And so
4: I don't know. I just, I just felt at the time that, you know, I just had a lot going on and, you know, I didn't know if I was going to be n- forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and obviously it, it is that way for now. Um, but I knew that we would talk, we would have conversations and figure out where that might lead me. But at the time, I chose, and yeah. obviously, whether it's right or wrong, I don't know. And uh, you guys are obviously doing really well, so now you—you know, you guys all for continuing the path.
2: Oh, I appreciate. Now you know we love you. Obviously, we're we're all uh, still very close, with nothing but respect. You 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 didn't leave. You left with integrity. So like, not like you yeah. were a jerk about anything. Um, but you, you know, looking back now, you've all gone off and done lots of other things, and we've said this many times, and I believe to this day we still say this: you have to be one of the hardest working. Uh, people in fitness that we know. I mean, you do mm-hmm. so many things. You do a lot of things on your own. Uh, you're an absolute machine. Was there ever a moment after that? Because after you left and, and we started the podcast and it really started taking off and everything started growing, were you ever in a position where you look back and like, shit, I wonder if I made the right decision? Like, Did you ever did you ever have to struggle with anything like that?
4: My wife gives it to me all the time. She's like, you know, she feels like I've... My life is really funny. I say yes to just about everything. You know, I'm one of those people that will walk through the door not knowing the, if there's a friggin' step on the other side mm. that I'm going to fall off the cliff. So I say yes to about everything, but I've missed a few opportunities that kind of seem like they've been big. You guys have obviously one of those big opportunities and my wife will bring it up to me. And when there's other opportunities, she's like, make sure you, you know, she like pushes me to continue to follow through and don't pull the, pull, pull the plug. And I've looked back and I, you know, I don't, I don't have remorse for my decisions, but I certainly could sit there and say, well, I wonder how my life would be if, I, if I was in this situation or that situation. So Um, yeah, there's no remorse. I think everything that we do in life is a learning experience. And certainly if you don't take it that way, then you're going to have a lot of, you're going to have a lot of self-esteem issues and different things. So if you don't take everything that you do and the reasons why you do and learn from what you did, you're going to have issues anyway. So
1: now on that point, you mentioned like possibly that, you know, it might've been some of your insecurities and stuff like that, that made you do that. Did, is that something that you reflected on and, and have you grown since then? Or is it, you say, you know, I agree with you that everything happens for a reason and, you know, was there major growth or learning experiences because of that that you that you had?
4: Well, I think one thing that I you know picked up from I was just probably in a in a in a funny and vulnerable position when I was out here, right? I didn't have family. Um, me and my wife came out here. I left uh, trading on Wall Street at the time. Um, I had sponsors that were going in and out. I'm not sure if I was in the position where I actually lost my sponsor, Cellucor, for that like few months. I was not sponsored actually for like a, a period of like six mm-hmm. months. I forget where I was in that whole timeline with you guys but I think I was just putting so much value and emphasis on Metron at the time Mm -hmm. to grow that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I really wasn't pushing my own brand, Cracker Purse. So, you know, obviously I was very popular at one point. I've kind of obviously took a a nosedive, but it was okay because I was putting my business to other things first. Um, So I I don't know. I don't know. Have I personally grown? I feel like I certainly have, especially with my daughter, because now everything's a priority. Yeah. Um, You know, I have more faith in my life at this point. I moved to Tennessee and there's, you know, a strong um you know population there that you know believes in faith and i've read the bible a few times and you know believe a little bit more about that where i was kind of lost and you know so i've certainly had a spiritual and mental growth and you know physical and family growth but um as far as business and different things i still try to keep myself open minded i try not to look back at the decisions that did or did not happen but i try to learn from all so yeah well mm.
2: spoken like a like a man with integrity i mean I, yep. you, you continue every time i talk to you i'm always like god damn i like that guy um and you know, i appreciate and i think you're right i think everything does um, you know, happen for a reason. Let's talk about your move now. You live in Tennessee, a uh, different place in here. You've talked about your faith. What's it like over there? You have gone through a bit of a transition. You're, you, you said your popularity went down, but it seems to me like your engagement went up at the same right. time. So, you know, it's not necessarily, you know, we always talk about the social media. It's not just, the, it's not really the number of people that follow you, it's, it's the, the quality n- of people. Yeah. And, and are you really impacting them? Is that an accurate thing that I'm saying? Is, has, it, has it changed, in other words, in that way?
4: Um, I, well, I think total, if you're talking about just social statistics and we're talking about engagement and how many people comment on my posts and different things and interactions, then I think it's still, it's down. However, I feel like I'm impacting more people the right way today than I was, you know, before under my current path and just give you a quick background history on me, I'm 37 years old, uh, 37 years old in a couple of weeks, actually. I'm 36 right now. Um, thank you. Uh, I'm an IFBB, ex pro physique competitor and did one of the classic physique shows, the very first one that they had. And so I had some no- notoriety from that. I'm an ex-bodybuilding.com spokesmodel. And so I had some popularity from that. And I put out multiple training programs on bodybuilding.com and so you these other places. So I've had some online popularity, but I do believe I've always positioned myself as somewhat different and not always about the aesthetics. There was more to me. However, I'm certainly screaming that message now more than ever. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad that I'm getting people that are resonating with that. I think the people that left my channel were looking only for aesthetics and only for certain things that are very shallow. And I'm happy not to speak to those people. I wish they were there so they could start seeing my message um, today so I could educate them. Mm -hmm. And and, and I have so many direct messages that people get with me and I get back to them all. Um, I try to just give and give and give and give just kind of like you guys did in the beginning is if you could just continue to influence one person, where does that go? I have, uh, I have. Stacks of testimonials that I'm only mm-hmm. I'm going to deploy at some point, but you know it's just it just feels really good to impact people, and so I think that the job that we're all doing in this world is providing some informi- informative content, um, providing the motivation, and just getting people to you know move and be educated about fitness and health and, and all the things that can impact. So you feel like body.
3: right now you're portraying more of your authentic
2: self. With I don't think I was doing? not
4: authentic before, but now I just know my message is more honed in. Mm-hmm. I think that's a better way to say it because I was certainly putting selfies out there and. I don't believe that's the pos- that's the right, correct message. It mm. wasn't that I was authentic with it. Right. I just believe that if I continue to do that, it's very about me. Mm. If I make it about the movement, or make it about the exercise, or make it about something that I'm doing, then I it's more about we, a bigger cause. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, it's cool. It was it's been cool to watch your transition when like the the videos. If you if you go way back on what's your Instagram page, Craig for the it's listener? Just
4: at my name, Craig Cabraso. Craig
2: Caperso. If you go back on his Instagram, you can see the transition where. You were learning some of these new exercises, uh, which they weren't necessarily new to you. You're an athlete; you've had a long history of, of athletics, but you hadn't done them for a long time in your training. Right. Things mm-hmm. like you know cleans and snatches and all these other you know quote unquote functional movements. You had been bodybuilding for so long, and it's been really cool to watch you just be relentless with your training because it's look here's the deal: you train your body; your body adapts in very specific ways, and because you'd been bodybuilding for so long, your body got really good at the slow grinding you know, compound lift type strength, you know, squatting 500 pounds and bench pressing and rows and, and deadlifts. And now, you know, then you started to do these cleans and stuff and you could see like, okay, your body, it took a while, right? It took a while. What was that learning curve life to go from what
4: you were doing to now moving into this more functional space? It's still not there. And I think the coolest part about fitness and functional fitness is that you can always improve. There's always a, a time threshold or some kind of movement pattern that you can get better at. But I had such a mobility problem, and I still struggle with it. My front rack position is not where it needs to be. I have somewhat chronic pain in some of the areas that I've been pushing my mobility in, and I'm probably causing most of this pain from the. I'm not. I'm not one of those people that feel pain stop because it's like, oh, that's pain. That's my body telling me to stop. I'm. Somewhat, that
1: football mentality? <laughs> that?
4: <laughs> I will push pain? past that. Fuck and, you. And do, yeah. do you guys? Um, you guys saw, or I, yeah, I think you saw, that I had blood clots in my leg at one point yeah. um, over the last year.
2: No, tell me about that. So
4: hmm. I was doing Ramwad, um, one of these you know uh, mobility exercise apps, and I was put in a pose that's called, I think it's vinyasa or the hero pose. Mm-hmm. Doug, maybe you could clarify it for me. I think it's called hero pose. But um, I was sitting in this like three-minute pose where I was kind of like sitting on my shins, my knees are obviously forward, and I was kind of bending backwards. Oh. And I believe that I gave myself blood clots, kind of basically stopped the blood from flowing through those veins and whatever the reason is it, it backfired on me and I had like a calf cramp for like two weeks straight and um basically I thought it was just a calf I thought it was yeah I thought it was a calf cramp and I couldn't shake it and I was icing it and I was putting you know, so was it swollen
2: it, Did it, it discolor? got it,
4: it started getting swollen it started getting very hot and and so finally I'm like man I'm gonna have to go to the doctor usually it's I'm a, I'm a two-week pain until I go to the doctor like I mm. don't go right away I'll if it's two weeks or longer that's usually my sense to <laughs> get to the doctor. And so I finally went and the guy was like, Hey guy, go to the, you need an ultrasound. We got to figure out what's going on here. This doesn't seem to be normal. They brought me in there and they're like, dude, you got four blood clots in your, your thing. Go to the Holy emergency room. shit! And man, so dude. the only thing that I could think of was this pose that I did that would have caused that. Cause I wasn't on an airplane or anything else. And so <laughs> I hurt myself trying to get better. Um, so that was a good setback that cost me like two to three months of my training.
2: How did they treat it? What did they do?
4: <clears throat> Put me on, um, you know, blood thinners, but it's not really blood thinners. It's anticoagulants, right? Mm. So we basically, you're not clotting. So we're not trying to, you know, build a, you know, get, or get a clot. So therefore your inflammation get, you know, if it, if it was ever to break apart, that can go to your lungs yep. and you have a, uh, uh, embo, embolism. Fem- yep. fem- fem- yep. embolism, and so it was pretty big deal. And, uh, I believe, um, uh, Kaelan von Moger had that too when when he had his his problem too. So I kind of reached out to him and told him, you know, put some compression sleeves on. So there was a whole process with that. But just the learning experience to go back to the original question was, man, I was putting myself in these positions because I took a lackluster approach to my training for so long. You know, just because you are training for strength and different things, you got to continue to produce yourself as a functional person in movement. Like if you look at a bodybuilder today, they're just this big hulk and they can't move. They can't scratch their back. Like I could tell you I could scratch my back now. There was a time I could not. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I'm having such a better time at life because I'm able to move better. Mm-hmm. And just because I looked potentially better before is debatable, but um bigger is not better and I always th- I was always a, an idiot in thinking that that same mentality did, and so.
2: Did you think to yourself like, "Okay, uh, obviously you're doing a different type of training, but your mentality is still go through the wall, keep going, don't listen to signals." Are you at this point now saying to yourself like, okay, maybe I need to like pay attention to the signals my body's saying, or maybe I need to slow down, especially when you're working on mobility and function stuff. Like you push through that and you hurt yourself. Yeah, you can't muscle your way through that. Yeah,
4: yeah. When you're doing the movements, like a lot of the overhead stuff, overhead squats, snatches, different things, there's, you know, you're using momentum, ballistic type of efforts and you got to be very careful. So you have to slow yourself down. And if, you know, one thing I have a big problem with some of these I have a big problem with the fucking internet right now. Um, <laughs> the whole internet. <laughs> with, That's a lot of things. It's near internet. With all these guys doing these crazy things just for attention and likes. Yeah. Like, yeah. why? Yeah. There's so many guys, and I'm sure you've interviewed some of these clowns, but stop. <laughs> it, it, yeah, you, I mean, it. like, you're you're teaching these kids all these wrong moves, and it's just for attention, and it's like, there's this one guy that I look up to, or, or he's just a stud, and he's like this Olympic I'm not going to give him his shout right now, but he's doing all these silly things. And I'm just like, man, you are having other people emulate these movements and you're going to get someone hurt. I am waiting for someone to severely hurt themselves and it's going to go viral. And so it maybe already has happened, but there is going to be a big injury in this, in in this small circle that we're in very, very soon because people are trying to do things for likes.
2: Do you think people in our space have a responsibility to, you know, to making sure that the people that follow them don't do crazy things and hurt themselves because you do I, I see that all the time i see people squatting on freaking you know uh, Roller like skates. hoverboards yeah. and you know yeah, and doing know. crazy shit like do you think that we have a responsibility as fitness professionals or do you think just do what you're going to do and if people follow you that's on them
4: i do think you have a responsibility but i mean that's just me as a person i mm-hmm. mean i mean if we get into the real world i mean there's you had like, a, what's the Jersey Shore and all these other things that were just about likes and different things. That's so, a great
2: shore, by the way. I'm just thinking, like, yeah, no.
4: I do think if you call yourself a fitness professional, then you should have a responsibility. If you're yeah. going to be putting out content that's informative in any nature, then you call out, look, I'm just messing around. Or you you, you put a disclaimer on it or some way somehow that you're at least letting them know. But I, I just think, I guess if you're getting paid for the likes and the, and the shares and the millions of followers that you have, it's it's tough to say, I'm not going to, I'm just going to be normal like everyone else. Cause then you're mm-hmm. going to lose your followers. So it's a tough balancing act, but I just think if you're going to call yourself a professional, act like a professional and not stop joking around.
2: Yeah. Have you ever thought about getting back into the, into the podcast space? Cause I know you, I mean, and I know you're doing a lot of shit. You're, you're one of the busiest, like I said, hardest working people I know in fitness, but you ever think about, uh, getting back into that space where you can talk and express yourself kind of like you're doing now daily.
4: Really? I, I think about it daily actually. Um, just had a conversation with one of our um, uh, um, advisors for Metron. He's a um, a chief physiologist and um, he's a guy at Pepperdine, a university professor there. And he just said, we had our meeting, monthly meeting, and he was talking about just some of the misinformation that's out there of some of these, you know, well-published professors and different people, or not professors, but fitness personalities that are on like the New York Times, you know, putting out finished publications. And he's like, I'm quite sick of this information. And so- I was actually talking to him about doing some segments together and different things, but my only my only question with it is you guys this is what you guys do. Mm-hmm. Right. And so if I was gonna get into that realm, it's it's gonna be a shift of, you know, priority. And it's I don't know that I can keep up with the demand if I was gonna go down that path. That's the only thing I I'm trying to learn. And something that I've learned in my life is what you guys say, it's it's not always a good thing when you say, Hey, you got 20 things going on. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's yeah. a good thing when you say you're doing one thing severely well, Tune right? The irons in the fire. And so yeah. I just think that if I'm going to go down that route, I want to make sure that I have a clean schedule and I can provide the inform- mm-hmm. informative content on a daily and weekly basis that ever I provide my content and it's not boring and repetitive.
2: Yeah. We just had, uh, you know, and I agree with you hundred percent. I think if you were to do it, you could start slow and like do one episode a week or something like that. And just be consistent with it. But even that, you know, requires a, a more work than than you would than you would think. We just had an event. We had a, a podcast art event, um, you know, with other podcasters who got on each other's show, helped grow their audience. It was sponsored by like Skinny Dipped, which is the almonds that we were just eating right now and, uh, it, you know, everybody loved, by the way. And, it, you know, it, the thing that we, we like about the podcast space is if you have a lot of information and things you want to share, if you want to, you know... Really impact people with the knowledge that you have. It's such a great medium, and I think it's probably—I know it's one of the number one converting platforms for business. Probably because you are making that kind of an impact. You know what I mean? Like if I do I that kind of a connection is what's is going on. Yeah, like you know, if someone listens to you for you know forty minutes or an hour, an hour and a half, and you're being sincere and you know what you're talking about. The odds that they're that you're going to get them to change something about their behaviors. Is much higher than other forms of social media, where it tends to be like a three-minute video or you know something like that. And so you find these podcasts. Like we talk to these podcasters, and we know what we do. And you know we'll we'll have an episode that'll get you know f- you know forty or fifty thousand downloads on its own, and that thing will convert better than a you know a million views on YouTube or something like that. It's it's a pretty cool. It's a really interesting space. And uh, you know I've been following along. Are you familiar with the uh, intellectual dark web? Have you heard of this term? No. So this is a term that they're using right now to kind of describe this movement in new media. And it's represented by people like Joe Rogan and Jordan Peterson and Sam Harris and uh, who else is there, Shapiro. Shapiro, and People who who don't agree ideologically, uh, on the same ideologies, but they all uh, are taking part of this kind of new media where this long form communication is really starting to take off. Whereas before, it was a five-minute, you know, clip on TV, and it was all sound bites and nothing really informative. It was just who could say the, the the coolest thing or or get the zingers. And now all of a sudden, people are tuning in by the tens of millions to a three-hour podcast that Joe Rogan may have, for example. When in, in, in the past, nobody would have ever thought that was possible. And then you have things like Netflix, which, you know, this didn't exist before. Like if you wanted to make a movie. Based on a book, it was very difficult because you were limited by like, you know, two hours. Okay, how do we take this book of all this information and turn it into a, a two hour movie? And so movies never really captured the. The impact that books have. Well, we like, see
3: this already with HBO just bought the rights to Lord of the Rings. And that's so right. So they're they're gonna take it in long form and, and really be able to like highlight all the v- details you get from,
2: you know, a, a story
3: like that. But yeah, it is it is there's a lot more interest in the long form. Yeah,
2: and, and Netflix proved that model, right? People now will watch fifteen part series, you know, an hour each in like three days. They'll yeah. just consume this huge done that. Yeah, and so it's it's a very interesting space, and podcasting is obviously that's the space that we appreciate the most. But what? I think I think it just makes up a part of that, you know.
4: I'm I'm definitely going to do it. It's going to be a matter of when the priority hits the table. Hmm. Um, you know, I feel like I have a lot of things that I say, um, but I'm more interested in something that's you know I've got good at listening to others and kind of just you know listening to them. I, I hate and not saying that you guys do this all the time but mm-hmm. i do hate when podcasters come with the 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 thor thunder and be like this is this is it this is basically right. the message instead of actually saying hey let me take a listen i may not be the podcast expert on this i may be just not the subject matter expert here i'm going to bring some people in and we're going to learn and so my reason for doing a podcast is not so much that i want to provide the information I want to get some good listeners in. I want to learn with some people and become a listener with them and explore and ask the right questions on the show and not come off as a, as an authority figure. And I understand that it might be a little bit challenging because they're going to tune into you because they think you have someone and you have something to say. So there's like a, probably a little, uh, well, you know, middle ground there, but I would do want personally to go on to like this quest because I'm always about reading books. I mean, I know you post about reading books all the time. I'm always about self-help and le- you know, leveraging mm-hmm. other people's time and effort. And I kind of want to go on the journey just to go ahead and explore what's out there and so i know you guys had a had probably an amazing experience since i have not been on the show of just listening to great minds and oh, different yeah. things oh, it's, and oh, yeah. so it's probably just super enlightening no oh, it's i anytime. think that's
1: i think that's our favorite part and there's i mean there's different styles right i mean there's no yeah. rules to this game which is what i really like we were just talking the other day with somebody who we had in here as an interview incredible conversation And we were actually talking about Joe Rogan. And, you know, Joe Rogan uh, 100% relies on the guest that he's interviewing. And most people that tune into his show will listen. Or, you know, if you listen to any of his long form shows, you listen because, you know, Elon Musk was on there and you want to hear him. I'm Mm -hmm. a fan of Elon. I want to hear him talk. You know, one of the things that we did unique was we did build uh, the business originally just kind of around us and our personality. So we have kind of a 50 50 type of an audience. We definitely have. The new people that drop in, like we just did uh, a couple months ago, we did Bishop Barron. Bishop Barron has a huge following, and they're totally different than us. And we had a you know a huge download on those ep- episodes, but. Because of his audience coming over, but then we have like our, our solid foundation. So I think what we do is, is unique and isn't the same as everybody else. So I think you could do either one. I think you could make a podcast that's purely around interviewing and, and talking to people. And then you could be one that is, uh, you know, you talking and helping and explaining to people or a blend of that. And I think we were kind of a blend of that. I think that's kind of the secret sauce of mind pump is, you know, we actually have a core group and audience of people that tune in three days a week just to hear us mm-hmm. talk and yeah. bullshit, and then we have another core audience of people that want to hear us interview really intelligent people. Yeah. The
2: other thing too is you're not a, you don't come across as a as a know it all like I know everything. You, you know you're genuine, and so I think if you present yourself that way, you can be wrong sometimes, or you could say I don't yeah. know, and people will I think respect that more than the I know everything. I learned that as a personal trainer. It took me like two years to learn that where clients would ask me a question, and I'd always have to have the answer. And then I remember, you know, uh, thinking to myself, like, "Well, why don't I just say I don't know, but I'll find out?" And I started doing that. Way more powerful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I got way more respect for my clients, and it was easier, of course, to to to, to not have to lie and say, "Oh, uh, that that's your meniscus," you know, you know, it <laughs> yeah. has nothing to do with that. So. Tell us a little bit well, about, about Metron. What's what's up with Metron right now? Where, where are you in fakes you've been working with that for such a while. How, what's the tra- are you making any transitions in it with it right now? Or?
4: Yeah, well, we're doing a big pivot. Um, you know, for the longest time, and I've I've told you guys, you know, multiple times over the you know the course that we were always heading to this end trajectory, and I think we're here. Um, we'll probably launch our new website this week. Hopefully, but when, when are you going to air this episode?
2: Oh, probably.
4: Uh, today. To, oh, today. Oh, really? Boom. Yeah.
2: <laughs> on it. We are on it. You're gonna have to
4: give me some time to get yeah. this thing. <laughs> 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 um, we're we're transitioning from you know where there's the same the bodybuilding. all access model where you buy Metron Premium and have a basket of coaches to um, you know have choice from. To, so That's where
2: you pay one fee access to everything.
4: Right, uh-huh. but we're changing that in a sense that we're gonna go from B to C to B to B. And so now we're going after people like yourself or anyone who has inform- information products, ebooks, or anything where you have a website where someone's paying to access your training information. We want to provide you the software technology to basically present that information in a sophisticated way, allowing data to basically enhance user results, you know, getting some things of that nature, um, provide this beautiful customer experiences through apps and different things. So we are, we're on iOS and beta app development right now. We'll probably by the end of the year um, be on the app store for our download for iOS. Android's a little bit lagging. But we have this crazy back-end structure that's allowing us to provide different variables to, to, per, to personalize you know, specific exercises like bench press. A coach doesn't just say four sets of 10. A coach now has to be sophisticated enough to say, I want that specific exercise to be at 80% either of a 10 rep max or one rep, one or RM at like 75%. So we're asking our coaches to go a little bit further than just say, hey, this is a general range so we can give someone some further direction. I mean, nothing's more complicated when you go to the gym and you get download an ebook and you're like, what's the intent of this exercise? Mm -hmm. What am I specifically supposed to be doing? And so there's a lot of gray area that I think could be eliminated and then allowing the data to help personalize this experience for them. So that's one part of it. But further on, allowing people to create a subscription model, you coaches, we want to enhance you as a subscription instead of just doing one time downloads and saying, hey, I got to reinvent the wheel every time I have a new marketing message, why you should buy this book. You guys have released how many books this year?
2: Oh, God. Uh, just this, this year, year, four. Four, oh. four, hand. Okay,
4: so why wouldn't you guys consider you know, releasing a subscription model where they get access to everything that you continue to do and they're going to keep paying for your subscription, so you're going to have a, a, a fan base that's going to con- – you're going to have a converting cycle on a mm-hmm. subscription. Everyone's doing subscription. Netflix works for this reason. Yeah, yeah we've so talked you, about it. So you continue to offer that, but don't just offer behind a paid – Website because then you're just gonna be an information monkey just like you guys are here mm-hmm. You're gonna to continue to have to provide content over and over instead of focusing on just providing good books good good training Platforms getting other people to come in so our whole model at this point is to say we have this product called a virtual trainer And so it's it's basically an ebook. That's basically using technology to personalize its events Okay, and so you drop these into this basket of subscription and you just continue to offer them and continue to pop them out or just tweak the ones that you have because now you get to mm-hmm. see the data back and find out, hey, did I per- decide, did I personalize this properly? Is 80% the right range here? If you're starting to look at your user data, you can start finding out, hey, maybe everyone's training at 75% on yeah. this load and you can change it. So the,
2: One of the things, one of the, the biggest challenges with uh, with training and just, I, this is something, again, this is something I, it took me a long time to learn. And I know Adam and Justin could echo this, you know, because we, we train people for so long. One of the biggest mistakes I think uh, I made early on was I overcomplicated things with with clients, and it made it so much more difficult to really make those those fundamental changes. It took me a long time to realize that if I simplified and focused on the the, the most impactful but simple things and deliver, because here's the thing, the information that you deliver is important, but how you deliver that information is just as important. And so, you know, early on when a client would come to me. I, I, my favorite thing to do was like, here's your meal plan. Here's your workouts. Here's what we're going to do with your cardio. Here's what we're going to do with the stretching. And, uh, it, it was never it, the long term success of that was always bad. It got much better when they would come in and I would say things like, okay, you know, mm-hmm. this week we're going to work, you know, we're going to work out one thing. It was a little overwhelming. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And
3: Have you guys addressed that at all in your UI and the experience? I know like in the beginning it was all about like really robust as far as like numbers were concerned and all that.
4: Yeah, which we've learned a lot, right? Yeah. So, I mean, we've learned a lot from our coaches and why we're doing the software model instead of a business consumer model is because people felt that we were a threat to them. Um, people didn't want to put a program inside of a basket oh, with others. So that, was, the, oh, that yeah. was one of the biggest challenges. I was getting a lot of a speed bumps from coaches being like, I don't kinda, I'm kind of this coach over here. So we're saying, you know what? We're just going to be like Google Suite. We're just going to offer you this you know, training software. Interesting. Provide yourself, you know, what we're going to enhance you as a technology partner. What do you need? We're going to make it happen for you. So mm-hmm. we have cool business tools like, Um, referrals, affiliate programs. So every user who signs up under um, one of your training programs has a a unique referral code inside their program where you can incentivize them to offer free trials or coupons to other people. And so you can have, you know, Mm -hmm. use the power of sales. We have affiliate programs where people could just straight sell for you. And so we're building all that under one roof. And so there's, you know, as I was an ebook author before, there were so many of these programs that you had to download. So you got like four different programs working under one, you know, potential sales marketing strategy. We're trying to combine that whole process. So, to your answer, Justin, yes, we're we're listening to everyone. We're trying to simplify the process and mm-hmm. just just make it easier. I understand what you're saying as well, Sal. That yeah. simple is easy. Some, but sometimes training, you know, gets a little complicated for a coach and providing the user the simple stuff. Maybe maybe yeah. The coach, maybe the coaching mm-hmm. side's a little bit more complicated. Or two separate yeah uh, yeah so entry points. We yeah. So right now, you obviously can do a lot with the back end as a coach and the software with it. But presenting it to the to the user is very simple. You just basically hit a program, hit your start workout, and it's all there done for you.
1: Now it seems like you would have to have a lot of coaches going through you guys to make the business really successful. I mean, do you know like how many people you guys need, like how many actual coaches with programs for this business to be really rocking and rolling? To
4: break even, it's not as big as you think. Um, you know, there's there's a specific model that we're going to do. We're going to be a revenue share model on one. We actually have. Um, one-on-one coaches if we want to, or calendar-based coaching. So you could do like event prep and different things like that. So challenges, you know, I see diet bets. We, we have all those softwares. We have all those entry points. We're not, we're not really marketing and we're marketing to the people that want to create a subscription business model. But, um, yeah, it's not, it's not as crazy as you think. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. think about the price of us person's program. And if we're taking a piece of that revenue, if as well as that, we're doing well with them, they, we have a coach on there right now making like 400 grand a year. Nice. Oh, that's you know phenomenal! I mean, oh, that's so, awesome, man. He had a, he was able to quit his job. That's you know? phenomenal. So I mean, if we're if we're able to help these people do these things, you know, what we're doing is just creating a, a better system of people to, um, you know, get get the information that they require. And the cool thing is this, and why I th- why I think we're going to grow at some point, and we haven't really marketed. Obviously, I just told you we just were doing this business model today. Kind of, a Doug is going to make me publish my new website today, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, but. The cool part about it is if we unify the UI and the experience then everyone's using Facebook, right? Everyone's using Google Suite and they're get used to those tools. If you guys provide an ebook or if I provide an ebook or someone else provides an ebook, it's three different user experiences. So, if everybody's on the same user experience, then the user has all their information in one place, all their performances in one place. If they go into my program, and go into your program or go into your program, then all their data is gonna interact Mm. with the way you presented it to them. Mm. And so no no longer do they have to even baseline test anything, then all the information just populates. Mm. And so it's kind of a unified effort. So when someone does come on here, they would potentially be looking for other people if they're they're bored of your programs, they're gonna want another coach that's in Metron because then they already are familiar with the UI they're going to be able to, you know, get all their information. That's already going to talk to the other guy's program and just have this this mm. great user experience. So it's kind of like this one big effort.
2: That's uh, how big is your team now? I, I know you're on there. You had a partner I met a while ago. I don't know if you're working with the same guy. Do you have a pretty <coughs> large team now that's helping you with all this?
4: Um, we're like fifteen. Okay, good. We deal. had a few uh, QA engineers. Didn't work out for us uh, where we were, but mm-hmm. actually, it's true not true. We're, we're probably closer to 20 because we have this full China effort going on right now as well.
3: I was going to ask you about, yeah, over in China yeah. and like your guys' efforts there. Like what have you seen as potential like benefits or detriments in that
4: market? <sighs> That's a loaded question, Justin. Um, <laughs> we've raised cl- now close to about $2 million and invested that in R&D. So I mean, when just, just from a standpoint of when you have an R- art, <laughs> when you have a PDF ebook and I'm not saying anything wrong with you guys or mm-hmm. anyone else who even going to put an app out there, but let me just compare the sophistication of a product like Metron versus someone else who's just going to say, come join my app. It's usually just a push. They're basically going to have an information. They're just going to push it and you're going to be able to interpret it how you want. If you don't have a backend engineering effort, then you can't get the information that we're talking about personalizing, you know, different variables. But the China effort was able to allow us to get to these positions. We have, I think five or six members over there right now in an office in, um, where are we? We're in, uh, uh, shoot! Why can't I think of this? I'll come back to Beijing. That I don't know. No, I, I've actually, I've actually. <laughs> what happened the with, with the wearable back. idea? Did you guys ditch that? Or I, you did. Get, you I did. You did. I watch that whole thing. um We're not a wearable company. Smart. Yeah, that was a, no, smart, that was a smart move. Yeah, we, we put a good effort into. Uh, what happened is that fell in our lap. Somebody in China actually uh, pitched it to you. Kind of, kind of, basically was trying to get bought. They were trying to get their, their ideas mm. and their, their software bought. And so we said, okay, we said. We said <laughs> what did you say, Mike Tyson? <laughs> <laughs> we said, you know what, let's use the effort Who of somebody else and try to uh, obviously see if we could leverage it. And then just looking at the time and effort and just the conversations I've had, I actually talked to Amazon uh, Alexa or, or those guys. I talked to their partner. It's called Sensory. And I had a conversation with some big wig in that company and just looking at the, the amount of complexity that we would have to rearrange our efforts or engineering efforts. It's like ideas are great executions, another thing. Mm-hmm. And then actually where does it fit into the priorities? So, it was just way outside of our scope. You know, it would have took a long time. There's already so many partners that we could just basically, you know, send APIs to and just right. collaborate on that method. So why reinvent the wheel? Let's use mm-hmm. something. We're not, we're not Apple. Be inclusive. Yeah. yeah so so yeah, I just said, let's let's focus on the software. Let's get that out and let's polish that experience. And if we can grow in the future and we have such a big backing, then we'll take that. Then smart. That's decision. awesome.
1: Now you've been doing this for for several years now. Is there
4: Hangzhou? By the way, Hangzhou.
1: Is oh, okay. there, is there, Hello? is there a point, um, or are you beyond this point? I guess I should ask of, you know, Hey, if, if it doesn't take off this much or we don't make X amount by this year that I'm going to walk away from this, or are you beyond that, that you're committed no matter what?
4: I'm probably committed no matter what. I think I was at that point, uh, about a year and a half to two years ago before we got our big, uh, you know, big, uh, seed investment from, uh, you know, some angels in China, um, i was i was close to pulling it you know what i mean like we we invest everything i you know had a a strong career on wall street and spent right through that money just you know helping our team grow just spending it and there was like a year that i wasn't getting anything more than just paying myself through my savings so maybe even two years actually um you know before we started paying ourselves from metron you know just putting our own monies into the company so i'm pretty sure i'm beyond that at this point um we're very vested in you know i believe in the product and Look, if 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 we're not making money at some point then we're not going to be able to feed our team. So I think it's not going to be a choice of am I going to walk away. I think it's going to be a choice of if we can't pay our team then we then then it's not cuz now it's not just me and my partner anymore. Now it's we have a full team that we have to
1: Well, pay. I I talk about this with our our business even all the time. I tell the boys like, you know, as we continue to scale and add more staff and it grows and it's like you know, it's all exciting and everything, but you know, with that comes a lot of stress, a lot of pressure and now you have, you know, 10 more mouths to feed besides your own. That will be faced with this, this, this decision, which will be, hey, do we want to keep growing this thing? Do we still have dreams for it to be a 50 or 100 million dollar company? And do we want to keep pushing or do we want to just cut out all these people, focus on a few things that we love doing in it and just you know put some good money in our pocket and call it a day? Um, is that, I mean, is that a possibility in this or is this like it, it's it's do or but It's like all the way or bust?
4: No, I believe our product's going to be something very successful in the future. Um, you know, I do believe that it, we will be a household name. Um, just a, to, just a, str- I strongly believe that what we're offering the market can't be done today. I don't think there's a competitive product that does specifically the one vertical that we have. One-on-one in calendar, there's plenty of companies that can do that. The virtual training product, people would have to spend some time and resources and dollars to catch up. So I'm pretty confident if we can get our marketing message proper, if I can say what I need to say mm-hmm. when I need to say it, that we'll, we'll at least get the people that want to come in and inquire, um, you know, hey, what, what do you got going on? So I certainly think after a couple of demos and showing people and getting the right words out of my mouth and saying what we got, um, we'll catch on pretty quickly. So I, I 100% believe that we're going to go somewhere some way. So I don't think that's a possibility. Um, how big, how fast and how many team members do we need? I don't know. Um, yeah, our burn rate's pretty extraordinary without any marketing dollars spent at this point, but it, it is what it is. Are you guys still
3: building, uh, in terms of, you know, being, uh, you know, the standalone company in this market versus maybe, you know, an Apple or a Google or somebody like, you know, sort of building it in terms of getting their attention to then, you know, I don't,
4: I don't feel like we'll be acquired. Um, yeah, that's not my intention. Um, I think. And, and who's and you never know, obviously dollars talk sometimes. And if, a, if a, someone comes through with a bigger effort, a bigger team and can convince me that their efforts, their dollars, their engineering staff can help get our message out and what we're trying to do. Um, certainly then, but at this intention, I would say, you know, the goal is to obviously get in the black, you know, make, you know, make money, feed our team and not have to rely on any seed income at this point. And that's their first goal. And then we'll take it from there. I think mm-hmm. it's too, I think it's I've learned enough that I don't want to look to the future. I'm going to look to the now, be present in what I'm currently doing, and just mm-hmm. execute. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Have,
1: have you have you over this time? Have you refined your your elevator pitch? I mean, I feel like when we when we first started talking about this, one of the things that I had a really hard time with is it, it just sounds complex, right? And I can kind of get it as a as a trainer and been doing this for a very long time, so I can see the value in it. But when I think of other people. You know, I don't know if if it goes over a lot of people's head. Have you had to refine that and change how you present it? Let's try it. Do it. Why we got you, you got got a great platform to talk about. We're on Sand Hill Road.
4: (laughs) Metron is an all-in-one coaching suite that uses data to enhance customer experiences. I mean, oh, that's, that's pretty much what we're doing. You at practiced. Yes. <laughs> it's actually the headline. Much of more my just really? uh, that's awesome. Uh, <laughs> not,
2: now, not to change gears on you, but um, you know, you you've been in fitness in the bit in the fitness business for quite a long time. You're obviously, as people can hear, an intelligent, very intelligent person. And there's been since you know we started Mind Pump. There's already been lots of shifts in in the industry. Like I remember when we first started the podcast, it was very hard. To, for example. To find organic uh, supplements like organic protein or organic pre-workout, it was a very very small Subject. market. Yeah. yeah, it was. It was Subject. a very. Do you remember that it was a very very small uh, market? Are you um, gonna make Craig do our Organifi commercial? Not right at now? all. No. Not at all. Okay. Actually, that or that's one of the reasons why we worked with Organifi. Shit. But I but I watched. There was a couple videos I watched of yours going grocery shopping. And you're filling your grocery baskets, all organic food. Organic yeah. chicken or What's happening, Frank?
4: You didn't do that before. You live and learn, guys. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he has a get, kid now. You get older and you learn that, you know, you have inflammation and you have these chronic pains and different things, and then you're gonna learn that, you know, food is gonna be the healing source of your body. And supplements are gonna do that. And let me just say I am sponsored by supplement uh, Cellucor, salvation, nutribolt, you know, the whole nine, and mm. I do take their products. However, I don't boast about taking supplements just to, for the sake of taking supplements. Supplements need to be taken when you're lacking something. By the definition of the word, you take a supplement when you're lacking some part of that supplement. So, yes, there's going to be positive supplements that are going to have, you know, uh, you know organic um, ingredients in them. And there's certainly going to be ones that have artificial sweeteners, et cetera. And I'm very happy to, you know, be on a team that's, you know, thinking through those things. And so, not to give anything away, but we're thinking through those things, you know. They so,
1: were—they've been saying that way back when they came after us. Where are they at with that? I know they did the FitJoy bars that direction, and right didn't they get get away from some of the artificial stuff mm-hmm, that was mm-hmm, in there? Mm-hmm. Like, I know. Salvation.
4: If you look at their product right now, they have a you know. Oh, that's sal- am-
1: that's a that's a branch off it's, of that. Yeah, so oh, Salvation okay. was
4: actually the biggest uh, branching amino acid uh, company, big, biggest sales, and so they brought them. So Cellucor has the biggest uh, mm-hmm. pre-workout base as well as the biggest uh, branch amino, amino acid. Um, you know, in sales and marketing. So mm. I believe that the company's heading in that, that direction. And so hopefully in time, we'll be able to see some more of those products. They just launched their um, can, their Cellucor uh, carbonated can with, you know, no artificial sweeteners and things of that nature. And it's all, I'm very happy because I want to support the team and I want to be a part of that. And I want my movement to be about healing through, you know, nutrition and different things of mm-hmm. that nature. And so, yeah, you're speaking my language with uh, being organic foods and different things just because, I didn't take an interest in that early on. I was I was not as intelligent as I needed to be, and you know, provide that certain message to people. So, if you're listening, foods matter. Yeah. Don't buy the cheap stuff if you can avoid it. You know, just to save a few dollars, because the long term health is more important than you know short term satisfaction. Do
2: you see any any trends right now that you think are going to grow? In fitness, like when you're looking at the industry, do you see anything that's like, oh, okay, this this may be something that's going to kind of take off? Do you see anything like that right now?
4: I just think you're going to find. I mean, th- I, I can't mention the company, but there's 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 just people that are being very creative in the way that they're you know marketing different products. that are it's not marketing, but um, creating them. And so I think you're going to just find more more companies in the in the supplement industry that are going to more towards the organic route, creating things that are you know natural and food based versus you know some kind of uh, artificial. Um, Laboratory product created, or, yeah. you know, some kind of something that's been manufactured, etc. But yeah, I think, uh, I think we're all going to see a benefit to that because I think it's just, there's too many people that now have a voice that has been asking for it. And I think the, the market's now strong enough to see that there's data online that's going to support what we do. No longer is it just, you know, people picketing outside it and saying, you know, no more eating meat and different things, but there's going to be Backed research and people enough, strong enough with a big enough opinion to start influencing these decisions. So I'm happy to be a part of that. Excellent. What,
1: what about the the franchise that we're getting ready to get into, dude? Mm-hmm. Another fucking iron you're trying to put in your fire. Oh, yeah. Tell me, tell <laughs> yeah, me about tell me about this Wait, s- what? little
4: little side project. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so I've this been This is the gym, huh? Yeah. Yeah. So um Rockbox Fitness um is owned by my brother in law. Um oh, okay. uh, my 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 wife's um stepsister. He pitched me this idea, you know, seven months, a year ago when he first started it. And I was just so busy that I said no at the time. And so I kind of missed the inception of this thing. Um, but the concept's great. It's basically a boot camp meets uh boxing meets boot camp. Boxing's obviously super trendy right now. Everyone's doing it. I'm actually two and I as an amateur. I'm not sure if you guys knew that. We did. Uh, yeah, I watched yeah, your video. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> so I basically, you know, I've I've had an experience with it. And so I just thought it was a great way to get people to move, be help, be healthy, be fit. And I like the two concepts together. You know, there's plenty of companies out there that are just doing boot camp or just doing boxing. There's not many that mirror in the two. And these guys have already crushed it. So if your guys are interested, and not you guys, but the, mm. the listeners, I mean, it's a it's a strong uh, franchise that's growing. Feel free to talk to me about it or those guys. But um, I think they, they've only franchi- started franchising seven or eight months ago. I already have eleven or twelve of them sold. Wow,
1: that and fast! So, yeah.
4: yeah. So, wait, wait. So he started like a year ago, and he's already got that many. Wow. Yeah. He was a, he was a company before called Fast Fit Boxing, which you know just wasn't franchise. It was just his own okay. version of it. Oh, okay. And then he brought I'm on a partner. He, he, brought, he brought on a partner who was you know a good corporate guy. Kind of you know knew how to finagle things, and uh, you know got their got their messaging right, and the branding looks great. And so yeah, I'll be starting one of those really soon. Um, I've already you know got the construction permits and all these things going on in the background. So trying to get up for January, probably not going to happen, probably maybe mid-January, hopefully February sucks. Cause I'm going to miss the Super Bowl of fitness, uh, January one, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, um, you know, it's all good. It's, it's, it's a cool little project. Um, I like the business side of it. I'm not going to do it as a owner operator. I'm going to do it more or less as, you know, I'm kind of, have a GM in there, you know, kind of oversee it. Oh, okay. I have, awesome. I have so many things going on. I saw this as completely a business Yeah, I was like, dude, you're yeah, fucking crazy. Like, yeah, that, no. I mean, this, I, this is a business. This is like if I invested in stocks. This is going to be the same concept. Um, I'm certain that there's going to be people that want my classes, so I'll probably have a hand in few, but I won't have the hand in generally operating the business on a day-to-day basis. I just don't have the time. Right. Mm. You
2: know. Well shit, man. It's always great having you in the studio brother. Yeah. You, yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah
4: well, anything you want to ask us? We haven't got caught up on our end, dude. I mean, this is, uh, yeah. Yeah. let's go, let's go down the right So yeah. I listened to uh, Stan Efferding's podcast with you guys the other day. Yeah. Um, Stan's and I guy. thought that was a, a very informative because I had such a different impression of the guy. Smart thought, dude, right? Very much so. Yeah. Mm. And I was, uh, I was very pretty impressed. Guy. So I want to know who is, you know, each one of your favorite interviews and your preconceived notion of the person mm. to after mm. starting with Justin.
3: Hmm. I think one of our recent ones with Doctor Warren uh, Farrell. I had I had a little bit of knowledge going into that uh, episode as far as like his message and what he was kind of putting out there, but just um, what he was presenting as far as like the current state of where we are as a culture, and uh, me having two boys, um, it just really it was really an impactful conversation. I don't know if you've been able to listen to that episode yet, but. Um,
2: he wrote the book, the, the Boy
3: Crisis. The Boy Crisis. And just like his points, in, and he started out as a feminist um, and went through that movement from the 60s to the 70s. And um, so just his perspective uh, is, is really balanced. It's really balanced from both ends of the spectrum. And uh, I thought that his delivery of his message and communication of it was the best i've heard yet on the Mm. show and and
1: we've gotten like crazy
3: feedback so far from that episode specifically we just
2: aired it a few days ago
1: yeah it's going but that one's going viral right now and it's i mean it's i think the climate is perfect for it right now because the me too movement yeah and so we we touched some we touched some third rails in that in that conversation and i think there couldn't have been a better person to articulate that yeah
3: Yeah, but i mean he was my preconceived sort of perception because he's an older gentleman right he comes in he's I don't know how old he's, 60s or something, right? Oh, no, maybe older, maybe older, maybe, yeah. yeah. But I, you know, it's like that. That was probably, uh, like I didn't know how. And he's kind of soft spoken, and, and it's but not, he not very energetic. In, he but, walked
2: in and right away, fu- yeah. like, and then ra- little-
3: razzed us. He yeah. was like talking shit, and I was yeah. like, oh, I like this guy. <laughs> yeah. You know, I thought it was gonna be a real stuffy interview yeah. and like good information, but really stuffy. But like. No, man, that was my, one of my favorites.
2: Yeah. I, you know, we've had so many amazing guests. Um, but when you say the pick one, well, well, when you say the, you know, pick one that really, uh, was very different from what I anticipated. The one that stands out to me is, uh, Joe DeSina, Joe DeSina. Oh, yeah, that would that got
1: everybody.
0: He
2: <laughs> owned, so he's the founder of, of Spartan, all the Spartan races. And when he came in, he shows up. First of all, we, and this is back when, we do more prep now, okay? But back then, people would show up and we just, you know, we would just record an episode and just talk with them. So we're expecting the host of the Spartan podcast uh, to come and, and, you know, for us to interview. And we thought it was just someone who hosted the podcast. We had no idea it was the founder of this massive organization. And he rolls up in a minivan, camo hat. Yeah, he's like super unassuming, you know, <laughs> doesn't look like anybody, whatever. Comes in. Right away, he's like, "Hey, you mind if I plug my computer in and start doing some work?" And so we're like, "Who's this fucking guy? He's supposed to be on our show, and he's going to do some work on the, you know." So we're like, "Whatever." So he comes in, and the first question I ask him, like, "So how long have you, you know, how long have you worked for Spartan?" He's like, "Well, uh, since the beginning, because I own it." And we're like, "Oh shit, you're the owner." And then he goes off and is just this <laughs> yeah. in- super embarrassing, super, oh, am- boy. super amazing storyteller. We like totally underestimated him. Great, great storyteller. All of us were, you know, very rarely do we have a guest on the show. No, we we're where, all enthralled. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're, I for, we forget to talk. That was with him. Like he'd start yeah, talking he just and took over. he would stop and all of us would be like, oh yeah, we need to say something because we were just listening to what he was saying. <laughs> yep. So he's got to be, he's got to be one of those, you know, one of those. Then, you know, recently we had uh Flex Wheeler on the show, which. That was a good interview, but really it was for me, he was one of my heroes growing up because I was into bodybuilding in the 90s and I was really, when I was really getting into lifting weights. So to have Flex Wheeler walk into my studio, sit down, and then I'm interviewing him it was kind of surreal. You know what I mean? Cause I grew up like reading his workouts and shit in the magazines. So that was pretty cool too.
4: Nice. How about you?
2: Uh, I've
1: got two that come to mind right away. Uh, one of them we haven't even aired yet. Uh, The one that we haven't aired yet was uh, Michael Wood. We just had him in here and definitely was a shocker. In fact, he doesn't know this. But I was really setting up a, a hopefully a, a heated debate, um, especially between him and Sal.
3: Oh, we were hoping for conflict.
1: Yeah, we were. We were. We were I was going for conflict. Uh, and I and, 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 welcome te- to mind. Right, right. Intelli- <laughs> intelligently, Lil. You know, what I'm no, saying we would yeah. never invite somebody on this show. We never do that. It's completely respectful. But I, I, I thought that he had uh, polarizing uh, uh, opinions he just, in he politics. Ch- he changed to Sal. Yeah. And so I thought, you know, this will be really cool. We can really educate some people on some some really touchy topics that we're not afraid to go to. I know he's not afraid to. But when we actually did the interview, uh, we found out that this his his thoughts aligned a lot more with ours than we had anticipated. And I ended up really liking the guy. So that was a, a very surprising. That episode should come out next week. It's uh, Michael Wood. And then probably one of my all-time favorites and still is, uh, you know, and I've built a really good relationship with him now is... Uh, Tom Bilyeu, uh, I he surprised me uh, from the very first time that we met him. And one of the things that I—he's a brilliant business mind. Now, if you don't know who Tom Billu is, Tom Billu is uh, one of the creators and first guys to start Quest Nutrition. He's now running Impact Theory. And you know, when you look at him social media wise, he comes off kind of like a goofy nerd a little bit, and he's got a little quirkiness to him for sure. But the guy's heart and his mind when mm. it comes to business. Mm-hmm. Is just uh, above most. And I, I've definitely connected big time with him. He's somebody who, when I've got things going on with the business that I want to run something by, I'll send a text message to him and he's really good about getting back. And something that I, we connect a lot on is, you know, I'm big on relationship building and, you know, try my best to stay connected with as, as many of these great relationships that we have. And he's like that, and on an even grander scale, because what he's doing is is even bigger than what uh, Mind Bump is doing right now. So he was awesome, and he tells he's a great storyteller too.
4: Let me ask you guys something. So you guys interviewed a lot of people, and there's so many business experts and uh, time experts, and and just just let's call them self proclaimed experts in the field of this, that, and the other thing. <laughs> How many experts have you brought on the show that's an expert in parenting and different things of that nature? Because when you mentioned Tom, I listened to a couple of them and I kind of got turned off by the fact that like, he's like, I don't I don't even make my bed. I don't do these like small little simple things that make you human. It's mm-hmm. all about productivity and these other things. And I just don't believe in that anymore. Now having a family and actually showing priority to those things that I understand we only have so many times in a day and we don't want to waste our time with people that are going to waste our time. But there's certain things that make us human. And, and if you just always focus on the end goal in the streamlined approach to business, I think you just miss out. Well, and that's, that's something, hold on, and that's something mm-hmm. that I focused on for so long that I feel like I forgot the moment. And the Live Life company that I created before was Live Life Full Circle. I have not lived that for the longest. And it's about, you know, just enjoying the experience and the journey where I was always looking two to three steps forward.
1: I, I think that uh, to you're be- You're a dad
4: a, now, dude. Yeah. 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 To dad be had the 100%. So to, be, bad, yeah. to
1: be honest, I actually think, um, you know, and I, I don't think any of us claim to be experts, but I like to think that we're the, the balance in all those voices so we bring someone like a Tom Billion and, and absolutely I agree with you that uh, and we actually talk about this a lot about him even though he's a friend like we openly will say like that dude is burning the candle at both ends mm-hmm. Like it's only a matter of time before right. he shut, he shuts down I mean mm-hmm. he is Mr. Grind for sure and Uh, none of us subscribe to that you know uh, we've been made fun of as team no sweat and we pride ourselves on working nine to two o'clock every day Monday through Friday and shit like so I really think that for our audience we bring a lot of really brilliant intelligent people in, in certain aspects of their life and we highlight that on the show but then what we do is we have a really good conversation around that for our audience and I think we We bring a pretty good balance to those types of questions because you're right. Like, uh, you know, you talk about parenting and it's a it's a hole in the ballgame. And it's one of the things that I have so much respect for both of these men. It was and it was a struggle for me being the guy with no kids. When we first started building this, I was like, I've never built something nine to two Monday through Friday like that was fucking insane to me. But I also respect how much they valued their family time and their kids. And that was as much of a priority to them as building this multi-million dollar company. And I really had to change the way I did things and and I really appreciate them building that uh, early on, that I think that foundation for us. And so, you know, we do. We and, and every expert, and we say this all the time too, I mean, it's it's very easy for me after I meet someone like that to see them out of balance in other people's life. In fact, I I think, and we talk about this too, that most people that are extremely brilliant or talented or great at something tend to lack somewhere else a lot. Well,
3: you say it all the time, your greatest strength is your greatest weakness and and that, you know, that can hold true even with like a Tom Billiu, like he's he knows how to get there. He knows like this is this is the button he needs to constantly push to 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 meet this insane vision, this insane goal that he has to get there. But on the other end of that, is you know things that he has to basically know that are gonna fall apart there's 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 certain things that he has to sacrifice right? on our
4: goals i think that's a, a something i mean truly probably why i need a podcast i need to get some of these things out there because i think the message is is where i'm going with this is that we spend so much time going after something that we don't know that it's actually right now present you know what i mean yeah, and, of course and, and, we, and there's so many times that when you get to that goal like speak to this adam how did you feel after all your shows? How much preparation did it take for you to get into your shows? And then the when you got and stood on stage and then when you left the stage, how deflated were you?
1: Well, I, I wouldn't say I was really deflated. And that's only because of this. And when I went into the
4: shows, and these guys all knew me before that. And hold on. This is not whether he won or not. It's just the amount of preparation and effort yeah, that I'm getting into. Yeah, it. And well, just right. so if you're listening or you're watching, it's about you know the journey from, from start to finish. Because... I get the question so many times about this, but go ahead. Sorry, Adam. Well,
1: what what I what I noticed, and, and definitely my peers, I, I saw a lot of this. In fact, w- another thing that you know inspired what we're doing right now is how much dysfunction and insecurities and this uh, emotional issues I saw within the space and with my peers. Lucky for me, you know, I came into it later in life, and when I approached men's physique. I approached it with a whole different attitude than almost anybody else that I know. And I know you were probably one of the closest to that, which is what I think really bonded us or why we connected. You were the first guy I literally had met in that space that looked at it as an opportunity to create a platform for himself to build a business. So I was never emotionally attached to any of it really. Like, Sure, I was driven to be successful and to win and get better, but not at the risk of uh, how I felt about myself or anything so... I, was, I had a, I think I had a really good head on my shoulders leading into that. And so I don't think it affected me like I saw everybody else, but it did give me a connection to a lot of these people who I did see that, that identified with that person. Mm-hmm. you know. And I could definitely see how, uh, because I went in with the right attitude, I could see how one, if you did that long enough, would start to identify as that because there were moments in that. I mean, still to this day, I talk about one of the, my favorite moments was, standing after winning, uh, winning my pro card in USA's and just, just feeling on top of the world and in the, the greatest shape of my life and crowds of people looking up at me. And it's just, I mean, nothing ex- blows the ego up more than that. And I remember feeling that moment and thinking like, whoa I could see how addicting this can be for a lot of my peers to think, but I'm, you know, I had a really solid foundation. I know you're finding faith, more now than you ever have in your life. I mean, that was my foundation for all of my life. So, you know, I've had a pretty good uh, compass, I think, when it comes to things like that. And I'm pretty self-aware. So, when I feel things like that, even if I do, I think I I, I can pull back the reins Yeah, when a we, bit.
2: we interviewed uh, Bishop Barron, uh, you know, I, I originally found him on, and I'm not a religious person, but I found him on YouTube because I was watching videos on on other things and he he'll tackle like and answer questions about you know pop culture or what's happening today in the news and here's this you know this Catholic bishop communicating in ways that I'd never heard anybody from that space communicate and I thought this guy's fantastic so we got him on the show and we did our interview with him and he really spoke to purpose which is different than a feeling you know like like I think people tend to chase feeling like I want to feel happy I want to feel powerful I want to feel sexy but you know really what the the meaning of life is to find purpose because life a lot of times is fucking hard life is going to be hard and the thing that gets you through the hard parts is purpose and if you try to fill that necessity for purpose with something like money or power or sex or whatever you're going to end up filling an, a, a bottomless pit and you'll get to a point where things become addictive. Mm-hmm. You know, I've done this with work where I'm chasing something with work and I chase it and chase it and chase it and you never there's no finish line. Yep. You just yeah. keep going yep. after it and you don't even realize that you're you're miserable that things are miserable that you're missing out on the most important things. And so it's much more purpose driven now. We we remind ourselves all the time of why we do what we do. And of course, this is a business. Of course, you know, we grow things and we sell things and we have people working for us, and that's what makes it possible. But at the end of the day, always, always, when we have a guest, when we're talking, when we're going to sign with a new sponsor, or we're putting a new program together, or we're making a new decision on something, it's always, what's our purpose? Let's remind ourselves Mm -hmm. of our purpose, and is this moving towards our purpose? And so far, it's led us in the right right direction, and it's also given me a fulfillment that's totally different than anything else. It's completely different than any other... Uh, business or, or 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 endeavor I've ever done, and you know at the end of the day, look, you're always there's always something at the top of your of your you know your your priorities list. There's always something at the top of your hierarchy, and uh, you know if if that is something that is this ideal of being a good human being, being a good father, communicating what's really going to give people um, you know uh, really benefit people and help people. Um then I think you're okay and would I trade that for a billion dollars? Absolutely. A billion dollars means nothing without without purpose. I think so, we're all sure.
3: okay with how long it may take, you know, for <laughs> us to get uh you know further along with this business as long as we maintain our core values and our integrity and our message and I think that was sort of established early on and you know the growth that people see that may seem uh, drastic uh, at times has been a very slow grind
2: that's it man anyway and it's okay always good talking to you Craig yeah man
4: alright boys thank you for having me on and uh, feel free to uh, message me at Craig Aburso at any of the social media is happy to uh, talk to the fans or anyone else and Thanks, we love man. you dude Boom Chaka
0: This Quaz brought to you by Organifi for those days you fall short on getting your organic veggies or whole food nutrition, Organifi fills the gap with laboratory-tested, certified organic superfoods to help give your health and performance the added edge. Try Organifi totally risk-free for sixty days by going to Organifi.com. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com, and use a coupon code MINDPUMP Pump for twenty percent off at checkout. Our first question is from Trigger Nick. Nick's been triggered. Whoa. What is the best and most efficient way to reset your CNS or rest it? Uh, you know, did you pick this, Sal?
1: Did I pick it? <sighs> is this the question you picked? Who picks the questions what usually? What is the most? <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> you know, here's the thing with the CNS. First off, this whole CNS reset and all that stuff. Well, like,
1: we're in a, it's we're still learning a lot.
2: Yeah, it's a tough. It's um, like talking
1: about the gut. Like you have to like tread lightly. Yeah, here.
2: I think I know what they mean, right? Like. Your body feels fried. Uh, you probably have been in a sympathetic state for too long, and you want to rest and recover so that you can come back uh, with more strength and better performance uh, right. with your next workout. Or, or I think whatever. that would be a better
3: way to you know address this. Is more from recovery and mm-hmm. rest, not like a reset.
1: Like I, I, the, that's like the whole like detox. Yeah, and well, really maybe you just things, gotta hold down control alt. Just, this is the <laughs> word control <stuff>. alt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it, I mean, could it be too like we're talking more? Maybe they're referring more to like the circadian rhythm.
2: That's part of it. I mean, it's all... Ca- See, here's the thing. This is what's difficult yeah. about your central nervous system. Everything affects it. So here, here's what I mean by that. Let's say... Yeah, being awake. Yeah, let's say you hurt you. You're, you work out really hard. You're like, man, I feel fried. So what I'm going to do tomorrow is I'm going to relax, and I'm going to sit on the couch and watch uh, the news. And there's like some stressful shit on the news, yeah. and you're sitting there... You're probably not doing a great job of of resetting, if you will, or, or resting your CNS. It's- well what about like the float tank, for instance? Let's let's talk
3: about that in terms of like like you know, eliminating all potential uh, you know, factors there as far as like stimulation is concerned. That's a great yeah.
2: point because when you're in the float tank, there's no light. It's simulating, you know, that you're you're floating, so you don't get a lot of, uh, you know, sensation in terms of the Gravitational
3: touch. forces as much.
2: Yeah. Now, the other part of it is that you, when you're in there, what you're thinking about can also affect your CNS. True. But, I, you know, I was just going to say, you know, one of the best things you could possibly do is get, go into nature mm-hmm. and do something relaxing in nature because you don't have all the EMS, you know, uh, EMF, excuse me, signals. You don't have... Your phone in front of you, in front of you. You're, you're, you're maybe meditating. You quiet. No distractions. Yes, that is one of the best things I've ever done. I don't know about you guys, but when I go into the woods. Uh, or I go to the beach. Just sounds, <laughs> I know
3: it, just, it does. It just, what does
2: it sound like it, it just sounds, sounds like you either a horror movie or
3: you're going to find porn. Like yeah, there's yeah. like what? only two
1: options there. Yeah. Just,
3: when I go into the woods, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah.
1: well, I don't. I don't have the woods anywhere near me, so I don't get it. Grandmother's to get, house. But I, uh, you know, I I can I notice this a lot uh, more so than like okay, so this happens occasionally. Training, and I share it on the show all the time of overreaching and, and pushing too far and. When that happens, I tend to spend the next day doing more uh, recovery-type-based movements, so mobility work, uh, meditation, getting in the sauna, whatever. But then sometimes, like you know, like you said, Sal, the things that could fry the CNS are many things. It's not just exercise. So a high-stress day um, is probably the more common thing that I think that people don't address or think about. Mm-hmm. Uh, sure, when you overtrain and you feel hella sore and you're achy, that's pretty obvious that you fried it a little bit, right? But mm. You know when I'm when I'm stressed from work is probably when uh, I think I have to be more mindful, and so one of the practices that I try and do is on days like that, you know, going for a nice slow walk, and that's that's you know I've shared on the show many times. That's one of my favorite things to do with Katrina when I get home for work is to do that, and that really allows it, it, me to calm down. And I could really I could feel that too. I could feel. They're just kind of walking out there and being out, you know, I don't have the woods like Sal's talking about, but <laughs> I do. You know, just yeah. being out, yeah. You are the only I one. Feel that, you're the only one that really can probably do that on a regular. basis. I
3: do, and I actually do do that on a regular basis. There's a destination I'm always trying to kind of walk towards because it's such a beautiful, epic scene. So it's it's more of just being small somewhere, you know. And I feel I feel that being uh, therapeutic in, in a weird way. But I mean, one one thing that I was going to bring up, which uh, I have actually repeated this a few times just because um, I think of it more as like even when we we're talking to Dr. Cabral, like about trying to find my way back to like a parasympathetic state, uh, which is something that I've never even thought about until I went through like the Wim Hof course and, you know, kind of worked my way out of just, you know, always just being so driven by overcoming things with my own uh intense, you know, uh, way of dealing with things. So, um, I, I'll go back to breathing I'll lay on the ground. I'll take brain FM and I'll use, uh, the meditated, not the guided one, but just the meditation, um, uh, music on there. And I, I try as hard as I can to go through those re- repeated breaths, um, big, deep breaths and and then small exhale and just try to get hyper oxygenated. Mm-hmm. And then really just try to calm, Uh, My mind and also just to to get uh, my breathing Mm -hmm. to to get in that state.
2: Yeah It's a complicated answer because I'll give you an example like some of the most stressful on my CNS uh, In in terms of my CNS some of the most stressful times of my life involve no physical activity, right? You know where I'm sitting there and I'm thinking about something about my business um, or yeah. I got bad news from the family or something. And I'm literally sitting there in this ridiculously elevated state and it's just hammering my body. And some of the most relaxing times of my life have been hard workouts where mm. I'm in the gym or in my garage and I'm training hard and my mind is off of everything that's s- stressful. And all I'm focused on is the moment and, and you know, I enjoy working out. Mm. So it's this pleasurable experience. So it's a very complex, you know, thing to answer, but you know, I guess to me, to be more specific, you know, heat tends to be, unless you push yourself really, really hard with heat where you're trying to go for distance, but heat tends to be relaxing. Uh, It tends to be parasympathetic. So Adam mentioned the sauna. We have the sunlight and sauna here that we use. That's really great. A hot bath, jacuzzi, hot shower tends to be, you know, parasympathetic and relaxing. How you breathe makes a massive difference. When you breathe uh, shallow, in the short term, you get uh, more o- faster oxygen into your system. Uh, that's why you breathe shallow when something scary happens, you're, you're prepared to run or fight or whatever. Um, but in the long term, that elevated cortisol over time uh, can cause problems, and you wanna go parasympathetic, you belly breathe. I mean, an exercise that I have, uh, that I used to have my clients do is I'd have them lay on their back, and I'd have them place one hand on their chest and one hand right on their navel. And I'll have them breathe in deeply. And the goal is to get the hand that's on their navel to rise up first and fully mm-hmm. before the chest does. Yep. And then when they breathe out, it follows the same kind of pattern. And what it does is it encourages these kind of full diaphragmatic breaths. Now, why does this work? Well, there's this internal and external feedback system in the body that tells you whether or not you need to relax or be stressed out. So internally would be, I think about something and it causes me to breathe shallow and it causes all these physical reactions that, you know, uh, represent sympathetic state. On the flip side, if I create the situation where I breathe in a way that's parasympathetic and I relax my body, maybe place myself in heat, my brain and my body will pick up the signal that, okay, we can actually relax a little bit. So if you're having these crazy racing stressful thoughts, it might be a good idea to, belly breathe and put yourself in a situation where your brain may be reading the physical signs and saying, okay, things are okay and we can kind of relax. And that may counter, you know, that, that particular feeling, but it's an important thing to understand that you need to have balance. Like mm-hmm. sympathetic is important and so is parasympathetic. The reason why we focus so much on this podcast in particular on parasympathetic is because modern life does not lend itself well to no distraction, no noise, no noise. No signals, no think, nothing to think about. It, it's it's almost never that way. Like as soon as you wake up, mm. to the moment you go to bed, there's something going mm. on. Flashing lights, sounds, anything's going to contribute. That's to right, that. and it might not be extreme stress. Like I'm not running from a crocodile or something. But it is this kind of low I'm level, moderate. Crocodile. You know, <laughs> that'd be fucking terrifying. <laughs> hey, you know, in short distances, probably <laughs> You can outrun it. Oh, they, yeah, in short distances, are pretty yes, fast. Yes, when they're, when uh, they're two I'm feet. I'm more away. scared of bears. <laughs> yeah, 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 when they're yeah. two feet away
1: from you, they are pretty yeah, scary. Well, <laughs> <laughs> it'll catch me because my, my sprint <laughs> right. distance is about yeah. 10
2: feet. So Fuck! i don't know. This is a random animal. This is a thought of a scary animal. Catch
1: your
3: Achilles Crocodiles. <laughs> you, know <what> I mean?
2: <laughs> you know what it is? The other day I was watching, uh, I don't Nipping remember. All what there's got to be a now. reason why you chose I was watching this <laughs> video. I think it was on Instagram. It might be that page that you showed me, Justin. Uh, what is it called? Oh, Nature's, Nature's Metal. Metal. I love that. And there was just crocodiles that were eating. It was in a zoo and they were throwing chickens in there or something. Oh my God. And crocodiles, are they're fucking vicious. And one of them just grabbed onto another crocodile's arm. Didn't yeah. even realize it was his arm and just twisted it off. Oh, yeah! Oh, wow. Just ripped off his buddy's arm. Zero, <laughs> zero
3: vegans subscribe to that. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, that, but anyway, it,
2: You know, it's not this super high level, intense amount of stress. It's this kind of moderate, constant, never goes away type of stress. And so, you want to interrupt that with uh, these these states of relaxation, being in the moment, no stimulation, in the quiet, in the dark, maybe in some water, something warm, or in a sauna. And allow your body to, you know, quote unquote, reset. It really makes a huge well, difference. Yeah,
3: it's such common sense, but it's so hard for people to apply these days. I mean, we could say this to death, but I mean, how many people are gonna set aside time away from everybody else and then get in a place that's super quiet and be still and let everything relax?
2: Bro, so, I remember the first time. Good luck. I remember the first time I tried to learn how to meditate. And, uh, so I used to, in my wellness studio at one point I owned a second location that had uh, group classes and there was this, uh, meditation, I don't know, expert or teacher in there who was teaching meditation classes. And so I, you know, when, when we were talking, I'm, you know, he's like, have you ever tried meditating? I'm like, dude, I've tried like 10 times yeah. and it just, it just doesn't work for me. And so I'm explaining it to him and he goes, look, he goes, you're, you're trying to meditate hard. He's like, that's the exact yeah. opposite of what, it, of what it's all about. You, you can't push it push through it and be hard with it. Yeah. And it's 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 you have to like release into you it. Yes. Succumb to it. Like yoga. Like mm. you guys ever seen, you know, yoga classes where yoga is supposed to be this kind of again, parasympathetic, you know, relaxing type. And you got, you know, people doing like power yoga. I saw a yoga class with weights once, no joke. Where people holding dumbbells in position. Yeah. And so they're turning something that's parasympathetic parasymp- into a sympathetic state. Yeah. So it's you know, really it's just you you gotta take the time to take away all these distractions quiet your mind, quiet your body. For some people movement is easier. Like it's harder for me to sit still and quiet my mind than it is for me to walk mm-hmm. and quiet my mind for I think it just occupies that part of my brain, you know, that I'm doing something, and so it allows, you know, allows me to relax. But if you do that, you're going to perform better because you're allowing your body the ability to balance itself out and adaptation happens better in that state. If you're constantly in this stressed state, you're never going to give your body or your brain or your mind or whatever the ability to get into that state where things do adapt and rebuild it's always in this state of protection mm-hmm. and your body doesn't adapt very well in that particular state to hold on to all resources
0: That's right Next question is from Tizzles corner is there any benefit to training for hypertrophy while dieting? Of course. Absolutely.
2: Of course. I mean, I think there's probably, I mean, there's, it's always beneficial to train for hypertrophy, I, well, but I'm, more so in this, I, right? I'm
1: glad that you you picked this question, though, because one of the most common things that we get from somebody, especially on the forum who just purchased like a, a MAPS program, is they, they open it up and then they see all the different phases that we've broken it up into and they want us to tell them... You know, should I be at a cut or should I be bulking, or where where should my calories yeah. be in relation to the phase? And the truth is, all the above. I mean, I, I think there's value to you know training a hypertrophy phase and being in a surplus. I think there's value to training in a hypertrophy phase and being in a deficit. And so, you know, it really depends on what your your ultimate goal is, right? If you're, if our ultimate goal is to to build, and you want to um, and you want to bulk or you want to add size, well, it's probably more advantageous to be in a surplus a, uh, more often than you're in a deficit if you're trying to build. If you're somebody who's trying to cut, then the, the opposite is true. But I, I love to, this is one of my favorite things about, and I think it's really important about organizing your programming in phases, is that you can test these things, like how your body responds. Like I think some of us do really, really well, when we're fed and we're doing a strength training program, I'm, I'm actually the opposite. I love, I like being more fed on hypertrophy. I like being uh, more in a deficit of strength. Now, it doesn't benefit my strength, but I don't care. I'm looking for the results out of it, right? So when I'm in a in a cut and we're going through like a phase one of MAPS anabolic, um, I just I love the way I feel. I feel like it keeps me really hard and solid, and I feel like I'm when I, I lean out really well. My body holds on to most uh, most of the muscle mass. I don't know if that's because I'm more of an ectomorph body type, and so it serves me better that way. But other people are different. Other people would rather be in a surplus. I think it's important that you experience hypertrophy training, strength training, all these different uh, phases, uh, both in a deficit and in a surplus, so you can see how your body responds to that.
2: Okay, so resistance training is always or should always, unless you're an athlete and you're, you're very weary about weight classes and stuff, but your training should always be geared towards hypertrophy. So whether it's strength, whether it's the pump or whether it's a pure hypertrophy phase, that's what resistance training does. Lifting weights builds muscle and uh, uh, builds strength. That's exactly what it does. Now, let's think of the, the negative effects that you're trying to mitigate when you're dieting. Okay, Let's think of the negatives. Now, we know the good effects of dieting, which is getting leaner. That's why you're doing it in the first place. But what are the two biggest stumbling blocks that occur anytime you're in a deficit? Well, the first one is... Uh, metabolic adaptation my metabolism uh, is trying to adapt and slow down and the second one is the loss of, of muscle mass both of which are are intricately connected so why would you try to you know train in a way that would not preserve muscle right when you're in a deficit, it doesn't make any sense. You- well, that, I mean, that was going to be, you know, part
3: of my point is um, it, most people will tend to think that a hit style train or whatever would combo the best probably with being in a deficit when, in fact, what you're saying, you know, makes a lot more sense in, in terms of countering the effects of your body, trying to adapt, you know, downward into where it's trying to get rid of mass and, yeah. you know, be more efficient at this new uh, you know, standard that it's, it's, you're applying and you're telling your body you want. So uh, to go into hypertrophy training, you know, makes even more sense, you know, as you're going into a deficit. And
2: sometimes what happens when you're dieting is, especially when you're getting really lean, like let's say you're a competitor and you're, you know, three weeks or four weeks, uh, you know, before your show, uh, sometimes all you can do is keep muscle, like you you're not you're not building yeah you're just keeping it but that's not because you're training to keep muscle necessarily it's because you're training to build it and the low calories is preventing you from building it but it's also because you're training to build you're preventing yourself from losing it if that makes any sense in fact if you talk to any competitor uh, their goal is to build muscle during their you know bulk and then keep it while they cut right you know gaining while you're cutting very, very difficult to do, almost impossible at a particular level. At least it feels that way.
1: No, it's pretty much impossible unless you're on anabolics. Mm. I mean, if you're running mm. anabolics, you could I used to say you could grow into a show. Mm. You know, so you could if you're take if you're anabolic twenty four seven because you're you're taking a synthetic testosterone, then absolutely on refeed days and days that you do add a bunch of calories, there's there's that possibility of growing into a show. But for the average person who's all natural um, yeah, it's pretty inevitable. You're you're catabolic, you know. So the, the likelihood of building muscle at that time is, I mean, here's the thing too: is like to keep in mind, like you know, uh, we we talk about phases, the importance of transitioning in and out of them. You know, every three to four weeks, we talk about not staying on long cuts or long bulks for uh, long periods of time. So at the end of the day, you know what I think all, tends to serve people best that are that are in pursuit of. Overall health and fitness and aesthetic change. I'm I'm speaking to again, like Sal said, not athletes. There's there are exceptions to the rule here. Is to do whatever it is that you don't do most of the time. You know, if you're somebody who always does a hypertrophy phase and you uh, and you always are cutting when you do that, well, I, I think it would serve you to to be fed in a hypertrophy phase and actually be in a surplus every now and then. I think that i think that's important to do this so the real takeaway for me is like i can i can put a spin on why you know being in a deficit or a surplus on every type of a training phase is bad or good the truth is you know whatever your body is most used to the opposite is probably what will serve you the most in my opinion
2: i 100% agree yeah. but you know you made an important point there with the cutting and bulking You know, just like you phase your training, you should phase your nutrition. You don't want to live in it for too long. Yeah, and if your goal is ultimately to burn body fat, you know, that's where you want to spend more of your time. You should definitely weave in and out of calorie deficits, maintenance, and surplus. It'll prevent you from, you know, getting that, that nasty metabolic, you know, adaptation that ends up happening with long cuts where now you're in a position where you're lean, but in order to stay lean, you have to eat really, really low calories and you have to work out a lot and burn a lot of calories just to maintain where you're at. And that tends to set you up for failure afterwards. And that's why you see people after a diet gain weight back so quickly and then some. And now we even have evidence that shows that what may actually be happening when you do that, especially in extreme cases, is you don't just increase the size of your fat cells. You're adding more fat cells to your body when you do that in extreme case. So like you have a competitor goes into a contest, 2% body fat, super low calories, lots of cardio. Then they come out of it, and they're like, yay, contest is over. Eat everything and stop doing all this cardio, mm. and they'll gain 30 pounds. I mean, this is not an exaggeration, 30 pounds in in a, in a matter of weeks. You know, I've seen people do that, and now we have evidence that shows that they may not just be getting fatter in terms yeah, of the, the size. new fat cells. New, And you know yeah, what's funny? That's crazy. You know what's funny, dude? This actually makes sense. I know Adam's followed bodybuilding uh, like I have. And you'll you'll see this with competitors over the years where they'll compete over and over again and go through that crazy gain, you know, bulk and crazy cut, and each time they hit a show, they look less and less sharp. Like their body just can't, you know, keep doing it. And I think it might be because they're not they're, accounting they're for just, those new fat cells. Yeah, huh? they keep adding more yeah. and more fat cells. You know, it's really crazy. No, I think it's that really makes sense.
0: Next question is from Mr. James J. Cho. Will you guys ever come out with a mind pump personal trainer network so we can hire trainers we can trust? You
1: know, Ooh. we go back and yeah. forth. Yeah, this with like this a long time with thought this, of ours, with this conversation. You know what I think? I think we're going to, but I think we won't do it until we do it. We find a way that we're going to do it different than everybody else. Yeah. What I mean by that is. You know, we could easily create some sort of a mastermind with affiliate, affiliate program. Affiliate, whatever. Everybody just gets one. Right. And I and w- I mean, the business would definitely make a lot of money off of it and it would be great for us and yada, yada, yada. But I think that I think we're all still kind of wrapping our brain around uh, what this would look like for mind pump if we were to do it. Um, I absolutely do believe that. And I know, like, especially Justin, because Justin's the app guy, loves that, knows that one day we belong. Everything belongs on an app for us. And so you know, I know he's always these days. I know he's always envisioned this, uh, and I forget the company who kind of does this. That I think I don't think it looks that great though, but Mm. where they highlight trainers, and it would be it would be really cool if you could come to the Mind Pump app, and on there there's you know. Trainers all over the country, and they're rated by stars based off the it's reviews. It's like
3: Thumbtack. You know? Yes, yeah. that's the company uh-huh. I was
1: trying to think of. Thumbtack. So I think there is a a way to do something like that where they're all certified by mine or by Mind Pump, and then on top of that, there is a you know Uber type rating right. system on there, so you could find a. Oh, trainer. there's a
3: lot of fact. I mean, we need a Silicon Valley wizard to right. to come help us with that you know undertaking. But yeah, I mean, there's there. Oh, my God. We, our brain have, has been there even before we started Mind Pump. Right. So, um, you know, that's definitely something that I, I definitely – I think in the future you will see something where uh, people can connect and, and find uh, quality trainers that we will have some say as far as, like, who's, you know, aligned with us, but – um th- there'll be a lot more to that and you know I, I we'll go crazy with that once we actually get the tech support you know behind it I think.
2: Yeah, the big problem with this and one of the big things that we are we we get challenged with is the quality control. Right. Because you know as we get bigger there's, yep. there's going to be a lot of trainers that want to like, you know maybe get this certification, right? Um and the last thing that any of us want to do is have a certified mind pump trainer be not good you know mm-hmm. be terrible and and there, that's a little bit of a challenge because you want to grow it but at the same time you want it to be perfect and so you know we could be in a situation where there's like 15 mind pump certified trainers yeah. and you know we we need we have a market demand for I mean, you might, might need to take a
3: test, and that, that's going to take some effort for but, us to put together. But
2: even that, see, here's the deal, okay? Here's the problem with that. And maybe this is our- Because you could lack integrity still. That's yeah. what I'm saying. And yeah, maybe totally. Yeah. And, and maybe this is our to our detriment, right? There's but, a human element to it. That's right. We're, we've all been trainers for a this long time. This is why I
1: think, well, this is also why I think the, the Uber-type rating system would be great for it, though. Sure. Is,
2: but see, even that, here's a, and I, I agree with you, I think that would be a way, way better improvement over what we may have now. And so I like that idea, but look, look, we've been training people forever, and if we were to actually really sit down and list all the attributes of a really good trainer, the list would be long as fuck. And some of the things I don't know how you would test for. You besides can't quantify it, really. yeah. Besides, I'd need to work with them for you know a year before I realize you know if they're really well, good. Well, the integrity piece you, is huge. You, right?
1: You would just have, to, bro. You you of all people, you would just have to believe in the free market. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, you would have to believe that. You know the ratings. Eventually, that if that trainer doesn't have good integrity, or that trainer has it doesn't have as many attributes as another one, that eventually that will be found out through people hiring them and training them, and then their ranking and stars well, would just on, be. On, on I, I
3: see it as being people we've met, you know, person to person, and then we have like yeah, maybe like ten that we know and we can really put our name with the, what they're what they're doing currently and then that would be sort of the example that we build underneath.
2: So here's what I'm saying with that Adam. So uh, I, that would be more of a trainer rating app or something that we develop. It would not be a uh you know a service where they're mind pump certified. Well, so why, let me give you an example. Why like, not both? Well, here's so here's an example. Like CrossFit for example, very much had this this mentality where you know, all you had to do is get a CrossFit certification. You could become affiliated, and you can open up a CrossFit gym. And the belief from Glassman was the cream that the, rises to the top, and 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 that's a hundred percent what happened. But in the meantime, Lots you of had all hurt. these yeah. shitty coaches, you know, training people and hurting people or whatever. And that's okay because they went out of business. Yeah, but, but at the same time, they were under the name. Yeah, of but CrossFit. yeah, but
1: imagine right. if imagine if they built it like what we're saying right now. Imagine if before, if all, if you used the CrossFit brand, right? So if you used it, and you would be a part of this app, no matter where you're in the country, you'd be under there, and so there would be a, a living, breathing rating on there of people coming to class. And if you were a shitty coach who wasn't giving results and you were hurting people, you'd probably have a one and a half star rating. And even though you would be under there, you would just get- I have an
2: idea. I have Mm -hmm. an idea with Mm -hmm. that. Because then they just go out of business, which is what Glassman said. But I have an idea. What if there was a rating app, like you're saying- and the only trainers that are mind pump certified are the ones that maintain a five star. Everyone else is still on there and has an opportunity to get themselves to move up. But only the top ones are the ones that we say hmm. are mind pump certified. You see what I'm saying? Oh, uh, okay. I, see now, what you're saying. I don't want, that's the thing. I don't want anybody under, I don't want anybody to be a mind pump certified trainer just because they're on a rating So maybe
1: app. that's part of the criteria. Is yes. Not only do you have to have gone through all this stuff to be on the app, but then mm-hmm. on, in addition to that, to be technically certified, you <laughs> dude, have to how trans- average, average How it. transparent
2: are we? We just gave, we <laughs> <Yeah>. just gave <laughs> a great, great idea. Yeah. This is what we're doing. Yeah, well, some, fuck, Someone's going to do it now. Please, somebody go build it for us.
1: <laughs> somebody please go build ideas it for us. Ideas are for everybody, I dude. Like
3: engineering this motherfucker. Yeah, I was going to say, who the fuck has time to do that? And paying for this motherfucker. We better get to a whole nother level that's before a, that, that happens. That's
2: true, that's true. Yeah,
3: like good luck trying to fucking build that. But, but we we talk about it every day yeah. if someone's wondering. Yeah, 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 yeah. But
2: till this day, the the best I mean, I hate to say it, the best way to find a good trainer is word of mouth. Till this day, till this day, if you know people that have trained with someone and really like them, that's probably a better, more accurate God, you know, way to know. refer to a trainer than yeah. just looking at like certifications and oh, what that. gym do they work at? Like you know, do you know someone that you trust yeah. that ha- that really likes working with this trainer and
0: really enjoys working I with them? I have way
3: more teams. input on this but I'm going to
0: save it. Andrew PMF, do you ever wonder if you're swinging out of your league when it comes to your partner? <laughs> 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 Who's this referring to?
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know. Uh, some, you know, I'll tell you what, you, you know, my when I first started dating Jessica, you know, she's she's younger than me. She's not super like tons younger than me. She's what 8 years younger really attractive, really intelligent, and I am a pretty confident person. I'm very confident in myself. However, I am also well aware of the fact that I'm a divorced dad of two children, and a lot of people yeah, it's like can minus two right away. Well, and that's that's the thing. A lot of people <laughs> makes you an eight right out the gates. Yeah, you see, a lot of oh, people God can bagged. can view that as a uh, as a as a burden, or you know, and people talk like that. Like, oh, you man. you hear people talk like that. Like, oh, they're really you know, I want to date them, you know, but oh, they already have kids and they're divorced. You know, what I mean, it's like this, right? Because now she has to she has to you know deal with the challenges of having children, mm-hmm. all, like right out the gates, two, so right, like, boom, that aren't hers, that aren't hers. She also has to deal with the challenge of my ex-wife being in her life because right. no you know whoever dates me my ex-wife is going to be in my life for the rest of my life and that's just the fact and it's not because I want necessarily her to be in my life it's because my kids are in my life and that she's the other parent. Right. So those are two you know two big things that at the time kind of weighed on me and so I was really weary of that and you know Jessica and I used to talk about it a lot and
1: so she, you definitely are out of your league then, by, she, by those standards. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
2: Well, you well, know, we communicate just because like a dime, dude. And you're yeah. a, if you're an yeah. eight,
1: that makes that mean that would. I'm definitely, a six. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 I'm a six. I feel like guys always go two points
2: up. Yeah, right? yeah. isn't that how it works? I, maybe I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I told her, "Hey, babe, one day I'm gonna be rich. Don't worry." <laughs> no, I think <laughs> I, you know, it, it was we her and I had a lot of conversations around this because I would kind of voice this and she's you know she's such a loving you know wonderful person she's been an incredible stepmother to my kids i mean truly caring you know it's funny like just last night she takes my daughter upstairs and she's teaching her you know how to floss her teeth properly and brush her teeth properly and then she plays hangman with my daughter in bed while she's going to bed and the whole reason why she's doing it is she wants alone time to build a, you know a, a relationship with my daughter and i'll tell you what man as a father uh, you know, you guys know how much I care about my kids. When I see that, that's worth, you know, that's worth a billion. That's worth more money, more more than anything in the world. And so, I, you know, I could see how I could get into that that state of thinking like, oh man, I'm not, yeah. you know, I'm not worthy of this person. But I try to repay it by being a good partner to her and, and you know, showing her how much I appreciate it. Uh, I think it's a detriment to your partner if you think that they're out of your league. Yeah. I, think, I think if you think- That's that, how I feel.
3: Yeah, if you think you're not worth your partner- you're in a bad place, personally.
2: Yeah, and you're not going to be a great partner. No,
1: yeah. I, I, I 100% agree with that. And I'm glad you said that before I came over and sounded like a cocky guy and said, like, no, yeah. I, I absolutely believe I got what I deserved. Right. I 100% uh, – and, and I, I'm i so glad that I've waited that long in my life before I really, truly settled down with anybody. You know, up until Katrina, I, the longest relationship I ever had was, like, two years um, and my M.O. was more like nine months to a year tops. Then I dated a lot for a very long time. And and now that I have settled down with someone that I've been with and will be with the rest of my life for eight years, we've been together. Uh, fuck, yeah, no, I, I that's what I was waiting for. I was waiting for somebody who... I've I've valued and loved as much as I loved myself. I mean, let's be yeah. honest. I mean, that's. And we
2: like it that much. Fucking do. She's
1: that bad, dude. You know. So, yeah. but I think that's important. I think you you can't you can't fully love somebody else until you love yourself. Hundred percent. Right. Hundred percent. Yeah. Go ahead. And so, if you have to que- if you have to question that, is somebody out of your league already? Like, there, that's already a problem. Like, mm-hmm. That's a. If you think that she or he. Is out of your league that means it, it has nothing to do with them It's everything to do with you and you have work to do on yourself and it's important that you level up and, and love yourself that way before you truly find someone that you can love fully so no i i think i got what i deserve man i really do and i'm and i'm, and I'm blessed to have her and, and we have an incredible relationship because because of it and i think all of that is is the
3: process, right? Like, so if I were to still be with a person that I was with, like the longest, you know, preceding my wife, uh, I was a very insecure person back then. And I did, I did sort of find, uh, you know, that person a little bit out of my league at the time just because of my own state of mind and, and uh, what I was contributing to the relationship. And, uh, you know, going through that process, I started to kind of Realize, like you know, what it was—it was a—it was, was just myself, it was my own insecurities I was projecting out there, and so I started to change that about myself, and uh, just started talking. If if I was interested in a girl, I'm just going to talk to that girl. It was as simple as that, and uh, you know, thankfully, <laughs> uh, Courtney. It was it was a very uh, long process of getting her attention, and so the, you know, just going through that and just knowing already that that's what I wanted, and I was just set on it. And then, uh, you know, getting to that place where, uh, you know, she was finally available and it worked out. It's like she knows how much I value her already. And then, you know, on on the other end of that, I know how much she values me. And then she, you know, tells me that all the time. And so it's it it is it's like I felt secure and and confident in myself and, and, you know, that she feels that same way. And so it's, it's one of those things where that's why it works. Otherwise
1: there is going to be that little bit of conflict. <laughs> Ka- Katrina tells this story to people all the time because she thinks I'm so funny with the, because I'm terrible at sharing my emotions and feelings, but I'm also very radically honest. Right. And so when we first started dating, I mean, this is actually before we're dating, we were first talking and I was, uh, I had just came out of a, a relationship that I'd been in for a while, for almost two years. And, I had told her straight up that, hey, listen, I, I'm just not in a place to to commit to a relationship, but I love hanging out with you and I really like you. And we were kind of doing this like back and forth thing where we'd see each other every once in a while. And then I'd go, she used to say, I used to give her the stiff arm when we get really close. That's what she used to say. And I, I remember, uh, you know, we did that for almost six months and I were, still to this day remember the conversation we were sitting in my room when she basically told me like that shit does, isn't going to fly with her anymore. But the way that she presented it and said to said it to me, uh, was was so cool and that was so easy for me to transition into like, fuck, this is the girl I want to be with. This is the girl that I want to date. Because up until that point, you know, there'd always be things that would happen in the relationship that I'd be that I'd be in where I just didn't feel like their communication level was at, at mine. And I was like, there's no reason to fight, there's no reason to argue and call names or you know, get so flustered over this, these types of things. Like if we're a true partnership, we're a team, like we should be able to be who we are and be able to communicate that to ourselves, whether it's it's a hard thing or not a hard thing. And, and that was something that uh, I had so much respect for her at the beginning because I knew that she was in a position that was hard and difficult for her and then the way that she communicated that to me and expressed that it wasn't emotional, it wasn't irrational, it wasn't angry. It was just like this is where I'm at, and this is I see, I respect where you're at, but this this is the decision that I I, I want to make, and I respect you if you don't. I was just like, fuck, dude. First, for I've never had a a woman talk to me like this. Like I've been looking for this my whole life, and you know I think it's important that you wait until you you find somebody like that, and I. And I I do believe that I got what I deserve, you know.
2: Yeah, I think you know. I think if you if you're in a relationship and you think that they're that they that you don't deserve them, if you truly believe, because I know we you know people say that like it's this endearing thing, yeah. like oh my you know my wife. Can we stop that shit? Yeah, my I don't deserve her, you know. She's or, she's I'm so much so better. so dumb, than me. and yeah. she you know holds everything yeah, together. I, I mean, like, and, and I know we think that that's cute and stuff, but really, I'm talking now seriously now. If you really believe that. Like, and now consider how you're probably gonna behave in your relationship. If you're with someone that you really think you don't deserve to be with, you're probably gonna protect yourself all the time. You're probably gonna have your right. guard up all the time. You're yep. probably going to try to one up things because you think, well, I'm not worthy of this person and at any oh, given moment they're you're gonna really
3: leave me. Jealous as fuck. That's too. it.
2: That's it. They're gonna leave me and it's gonna hurt me. And so yeah. I need to have my guard up. I need to protect myself because You know, I know I don't deserve this person, so I need to be ready for when the fucking shoe drops. I need to, you know, I need to be ready for that. And you end up, you know, you actually end up sabotaging the relationship that you value so much. You know what I'm saying? What you need to say to yourself is like what Adam said. Like, this is, you know, and kind of, you might even be in awe. Like, you might even be like, wow, that's what I deserve? That's the kind of person that I get to be with? Mm -hmm. If you really love them and think they're that awesome, reflect that on yourself and realize, well, I'm fucking awesome, too then. Yeah. that's pretty great. and you'll feel far be grateful more, if anything. You'll be far more far more secure. You won't, you know, enter into conversations or situations or scenarios with your guard up trying to protect yourself. That has probably destroyed more relationships than anything. is that whole like, you know that insecure, you know, defending or or guarding yourself before you know something happens type of deal. Yeah. that's got to be that's got to be one of the number one reasons why relationships fail, why people you know, aren't able to communicate with each other. so, Really, really. at the end of the day, if you truly value that person that much to the point where you feel like you're lucky, remind yourself that, okay, uh, I'm, I'm getting what I deserve, which means I'm probably pretty awesome, or at least this person that I value thinks I'm this awesome, so I'm going to act like it. I'm going to act confident. I'm going to act calm. We're going to move forward together, and you'll find that you know things will be a, a lot easier, and you won't self-sabotage your own uh, relationship. Mm-hmm. So, check this out. If you go to mindpumpfree.com, you can get one of our free guides. Actually, you can get all of them if you want. The newest guide, what's what's the newest one that came out? Is it the the squat. B- squat. Is it getting yes. a, a be able to squat like yeah. a pro? It's flying right now. Too. It's a great guide. Uh, teach you one some of my favorites that you wrote. Advanced for sure. techniques on how to get your squat through
0: the roof and build cakes like Justin. Hey, hey. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs.